Tune in to the Neil Prenderville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Government getting the jitters, uh, HSC getting the jitters, Neffet getting the jitters with the headlines in the papers this morning. We're not out of the woods yet because um, ta- COVID's taken what they call an alarming wrong turn, which now casts doubts on restrictions being eased uh, on October 22nd, uh, which is tomorrow week. So that's the story for you in all of the papers today. That's the headline in the mail. We're not out of the woods yet. Uh, you're, you're probably well aware of what should be changing on October 22nd, which means the physical distancing would go and the requirement for masks outdoors and in indoor private settings, limits to outdoor and indoor activities, uh, all of the restrictions we lifted for religious ceremonies, civil ceremonies. You've got to have limitless people in the house and the gardens and stuff like that. You wouldn't be asked for a certificate or QR code or anything like that anymore. And nightclubs would open. Um, that's October 22nd. But would continue with self-isolation for COVID symptoms and mask wearings in medical settings. Uh, indoor retail, retail, buses, trains, things like that. But uh, that could all go out the window yet, unfortunately. So uh, we're playing a waiting game, really. Cabinet jitters over easing restrictions as COVID cases surge. Sharp rise in COVID cases as the independent today. Freedom Day not guaranteed, says the Taoiseach and the Star. Uh, Dr. Ronan Glynn, the Chief Medical Officer, says the spread of the disease in the 370,000 people who are not vaccinated or even fully vaccinated is putting pressure on the health system. I'm not saying that anyone's doing any finger pointing, but they are clearly saying that the uh, certainly the 200,000 unvaccinated, there's 370,000 people who either aren't fully vaccinated or have had one vaccine of those 200,000 have had none at all. That's like 10% of the population. So I'll come back to those numbers a little later on, but that's putting pressure on the health service. I will go through uh, details of hospitals a little later on. Uh, This morning, the Mirror says that yesterday we had 2,066 new cases of coronavirus. So that's alarmingly high, uh, over 2,000. And the number of uh, patients in hospitals yesterday... 408. Um, the papers also this morning. Sorry, got, yeah, somebody just turned the lights out. Thank you. Uh, of that, then we have other issues going on in the, in the, in the health service also. Sorry, I'm in the darkness here. Um, sorry. Uh, with regards to our, our hospital system in general, then there are 483 people waiting on a hospital bed. So that's the trolley count. Certainly at the CUH. 57. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, and others across the country are listed in the red tops today. Meanwhile, you know, um, then, of course, what will happen for, for the jazz weekend? I'm not, not saying this in any kind of a selfish way or anything, because you don't want people dying or getting sick. But of course, we have the jazz festival just around the corner. Um, and Philip Gillivan, the uh, owner of the Shelburne Bar, uh, member of the Cork Business Association, he says, uh, and just next to the Metropole, which is the hub of the jazz, if you like, he says, I'm confident that the jazz festival is going ahead. Um, he says, I have to plan for it that way. And hopefully there will be no last minute changes. So that's where we're at. And if the jazz goes ahead, Owen English is telling us that um, you won't be able to get a full train to or from Cork uh, for the jazz weekend. You'll be busting it from Mallow. So that's an interesting one from the examiner. But a very sad health related story. Death by health, actually, is the story that makes this morning's front page of The Sun um, uh, with regards to our healthcare system, where um, a young girl, Eve Cleary, at the age of 21, presented with a swollen leg, spent 17 hours on a trolley in the University Hospital of Limerick. Uh, her dad compared it to a cattle mart. She can't say anything at all because she died uh, from blood clots in her lungs just hours after she was discharged. 
And that's why the Sun front page this morning says she was sent home to die. There are other stories in the papers today, particularly people who suffer racial abuse at the hands of others now. Whether they're just angry or whether they're drunk or abusive, there is no uh, excuse for it. But one uh, individual who abused um, two members of staff at Lennox's in Ballancolic back in July of last year has got jail. Uh, two months for threatening behaviour and racist, well, what was called in court, dangerous, um, threatening abusive and insulting behaviour. And then this, as you heard in the news there at 9 o'clock with Lana O'Connor, group of asylum seekers starting a hunger strike uh, at Leinster House today, amongst them Nadine Hussein, who spent some time, or has spent some time uh, here in Cork at the Kinsale Road Direct Provision Centre. Now, he has worked in restaurants and worked in security, hospital security. He's worked very hard all through COVID. Uh, and in spite of all of that, and also providing evidence that if he goes back to his native country of India, uh, that uh, he will be in danger. But in spite of all of that, he had his asylum secret case rejected by the Department of Justice. Now, we don't know why it was rejected. Uh, so he's on hunger strike and he's on uh, um, uh, protest in the door because of it. Uh, stepping up a gear. Uh, very sad news this morning. Um, I think it's only like five or six weeks since I spoke to Father Jer down west. Uh, he's passed away. The popular priest down in West Cork. Um, you'll remember that he originally posted an emotional farewell video online to his parishioners during the summer. Uh, I saw it and we were all very moved by it. So I rang him up and we had a chat. It was a lovely, lovely chat. Now, he's, he, he was uh, suffering with incurable cancer in his bones and his lungs. And even during the course of the conversation that we had on air, a lovely chat. You could tell that he was in pain. Uh, and he passed away uh, yesterday. And everybody is the sadder with his passing. So that's a story that makes both the Examiner and the Echo and quite a lot online as well. Cork Priest dies just two months after farewell video. Uh, papers also talk today um, of other light-hearted news. It's not all sadness or worry over COVID. Um, there's some great news for Elton John fans because he has become the first artist ever that has had a top 10 single in six different decades. Now, there were others who had top 10 hits in five decades, the likes of Elvis, Cher, Cliff Richard, Michael Jackson, David Bye, but only one has done it in six decades, Elton John. And it all started back in 1971 with your song. And also, speaking of age-related issues, 90-year-old William, William Shatner, of course, we would know him as uh, Captain Kirk. He flew into space. You would have thought he would be well used to it from Star Trek and stuff like that. But in the real world, he went up there yesterday the first time at the age of 90. And up he went in Jeff Bezos' rocket. So there's lots of videos of that knocking around online. And also the Red Tops carry lovely photographs of Shatner coming down from the rocket after his incredible uh, um, trip into space. Very short, but still and all, he describes it very well. And one other music-related story. I don't know why. Like, the Rolling Stones are no longer going to perform Brown Sugar uh, because the lyrics of it are ridiculous um, and certainly not acceptable anymore uh, because of racial slurs and talking about, um, um, you know, African girls and what have you being brought over to America for uh, all the wrong reasons. But... There are other songs. So why don't they just change the lyrics? I mean, why would you dump it? Just keep the tune. Keep the melody. Keep the guitar riffs. Just completely change the lyrics for it. You know? Other songs that they think uh, that probably shouldn't be played anymore uh, make the English edition of The Times today. I'm on fire by Bruce Springsteen. I've always been very, very suspect about that song. We We used to play it to death off the air. And I remember thinking... 
Why were we playing this? Do we ever actually listen to the lyrics of I'm on fire? Hi, little girl, is your daddy home? I mean, come on. There's another one then that the Beatles had way back in the day that they're saying, well, should this be played anymore? Uh, one of the lyrics from Run For Your Life Be The Beatles from 1965 says, well, I'd rather see you dead, little girl, than to be with another man. I mean, you can't be getting away with that kind of stuff. And one final one. Poor old Carl Douglas, Kung Fu Fighting has also come in for criticism because of its stereotypical references to Chinese people. There's lots of other ones, but there's just three that come to mind. Thank you. The Neil Prenderville Show. What's to do? Lines open. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850-104106. Um, I have to tell you that in the last week, there have been three um, knife attacks. Thanks. I mean, these are holdups involving knives against taxi drivers uh, in Cork. So three uh, taxi drivers, uh, and I've dealt with this on the air uh, after the first one, heard of another one yesterday, uh, the day before yesterday, and again another one yesterday itself where a man pulled a knife on another taxi driver around about 7 o'clock last night apparently on Assumption Road. Now, I'm going to talk to Chantel because it's Chantel uh, is the granddaughter of Noel, the taxi driver who had the knife pulled on him last night. Chantel, thank you for coming on. Morning to you. Good morning, Neil. I know it's difficult for you. First of all, how's your granddad? Do you know what? Now he's the type of man that would put on a brave face. He'd want anybody to know, like, his feelings and stuff like that. Like, you can tell he's actually shook up. But he still came up to my house this morning to the school run. He still brought his sister to the hospital. He's still saying he's going into work tonight. Do you know what I mean? But, like, you can see that he's actually shook up. That he's shook. He's trying to put his best foot forward, but shook. What happened? This is the third incident in a... In, the, in less than a week. What happened? So last week, uh, it was actually last Wednesday as well, I went back on my messenger, I, I seen um, a post um, from a TV reporter stating about what happened. With Paul Byrne probably, I'd say. It was a Paul Byrne, yeah. I'd say, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was me, yeah. 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 And I screenshot it and I sent it to him a messenger, I said, be careful, Granda. Um, that was actually last Wednesday, then last night, I got a phone call, my Granda, he was after an incident. So what happened was um, he collected a passenger by Mayfield and the fella had a mask on and he did hold up. So when he got into taxi, he was like, oh, it's very cold and whatever, do you know? Yeah. So my granddad kind of took no notice of his hood being up, so kind of you can't see his face. Now with masks anyway, Neil, everyone's face is kind of covered these days. They would be certainly so, indoors in a taxi, you're right, yeah. Exactly, like, so uh, he wanted to go to um, some place by Assumption Road anyway. So in the Glen? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, um, kind of up behind the tax office, isn't it? Yeah, you got um, it. So, from Mayfield to Assumption Road. Yeah, short, short yeah. enough trip. Yeah. 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 So uh, he told my granddad to pull in anyway, and uh, my granddad's like, "Oh, sure, you could have went the other way, you know, or whatever." So with that, uh, he was like, pulling out the knife, and he says, uh, "Give me your fucking wallet." And uh, my granddad was like, "You know, he went to hit the panic button. He didn't know what to do." I suppose. Has he got a panic button? button? He have a panic button in his taxi. Yeah, it reports straight to the base. Okay, um, okay. And so just to, for people to know, this is seven o'clock last night. Okay, seven o'clock, yeah. Yeah. So your man has so, the uh, knife out. Give me your effing wallet. Go ahead. Yeah, and he went to, my granddad went to kind of hit the panic button. Your man tried to get the panic button before my granddad did. But thankfully, my granddad got the panic button and he jumped straight out of the car. So then the, the fella, like, he still had the knife in his hand. He jumped out of the car and he went to run then. And he dropped his lighter and he actually came back for his lighter again. 
So he, like I say, maybe his fingerprints could have been on the lighter or whatever, but he came back to get the lighter. Yeah, I know and what there you're saying. Kids around, there was actually kids around and stuff when this was going on. So the uh, girl then in the base, she was there to contact my granda uh, just to make sure he didn't hit it by accident or whatever. And they contacted guards from there then. Oh my God. Did your granda get a, a look at the knife? Like, was it a big knife? What kind of a knife yeah, was he it? Said, he said he's seen the knife. He said that it kind of didn't look very sharp uh, from what he's seen, but like it still would have done damage. He said it kind of had like a rounded top to it just from the glimpse he kind of got of it, you know. Knife's a knife. I'm just, I'm just curious exactly. to see this too. Like it could have been, it could have been an awful lot worse, mate. Like he's 75 years of age, almost 76 years of age. You could have had a heart trying attack. trying to make an honest living. You could have had a heart attack. Yeah, two years ago, he only recovered from cancer. He was inside in hospital. It was an ICU. He had to get some of his stomach removed and stuff. He only came out, gave him two, three weeks at home, and he was back out on his taxis and stuff. Again, it's what keeps him going, Neil. Okay, okay. So this was a Mayfield uh, pickup. Was it? Was he flagged down, or did this guy call for no, the taxi? It was actually called to, from the base. Right. Would the base have any contact details when somebody calls up saying... I want a taxi from Mayfield. Like, where did he collect him on the side of the road, or from from by from outside the base? Oh, was it a walk-in? So, yeah, it must have been because there was no. He didn't go to an address. Like, he actually collected him from outside the base, and like, there's cameras and stuff around there. But I don't know what's going to. You're saying like that like, he had a hood, like he had a hoodie up and a mask so, on. You'll see nothing of his face then. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And did the kids start, what did the kids do when they saw your man with the knife and your granddad out of the taxi? Did they? My granddad said the kids were just kind of like making loud noise and kind of screaming and stuff. But I suppose at the same time, he was trying to answer the phone after hitting the panic button. And, you know, nobody kind of came over to him. Um, so I, I, I don't know, like... Okay, uh, I don't know whether the three different attacks are, are related. I can't say that with any amount of certainty, but this is the third that I've heard heard of in, in a matter of. Uh, um, I think the second one was a pickup in Blackpool going to Glentrasna, I think, and another one was a pickup on Drawbury Street going to drop off in Spring Lane or something. That's the one I see you now yeah. by the fire yeah. station yeah. that I was actually screenshotting and sending to him. Yeah. And when will Noel go back to work? Is it, does he do nights, yeah, is it? Do, or does he do days? Yeah, he, he does nights. Um, so, like he's saying, he's going to go back to work now again tonight. So he's not going to leave it, get to him. But, like. Would days make any difference to him, Chantel? Would you be happier if he was doing. Would you be happier if he wasn't in the taxi, but if he was to be doing days? I wouldn't, but, like, he's doing the nights now for so long. And as far as I know, like the base, like they, they need the taxis at night time and stuff, do you know? Um, that's when the demand so is there. For so long, that's, that's kind of why he have a routine, do you know? Like he'd come in from and he'd sleep, then he'd get up and he'd have his dinner then and he'd go to work and do you know what I mean? And his days off, then he just takes the grandkids out and like he'd a heart to go, like he actually didn't deserve this at all. No, I know. And he has said that he's going back. He's not going to let it get him down. He's not going to yeah. let him stop him. Yeah. Yeah. But as I said to my mum now, I said, uh, we're going to have to go on to the rest of the family now. I'm trying to get, you know, like the CCTV put into the taxi or something. Something just put our mind at ease now, like, because yeah. they're going to be in a heat place. Yeah, I know. Gonna He's going to be, be very place. nervous. Yeah, I know. I know. He's yeah. a brave man to go out again. Listen, Chantel, yeah. give, him, give him our best, will you? And thanks so much for coming on. I will, of course. Thanks You're the greatest. Much. Thank, Thank you. you. What a lovely, lovely Thank grand. You. What a lovely granddaughter. Uh, Bobby Lynch, taxi driver, joins me by phone. Bobby, good morning. Come on, and uh, it's three now, right? In a week, am I right? It's three. It's, it's three now, and uh, 
like it, when, when it's just, it, it seems to me it's the same fella because it's the same meal, you know, and the same thing with a knife. And uh, like it's, I know all the girls are trying their best, but Jesus, this, this fella's going to do damage if he's You not believe the three are related then? Same oh, character? I do, I, 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 I do. What I want to do, because like, uh, he, this fella knows the area, like, you know what I mean? He, he knows, he knows what he's doing. The first one went up Spring Lane, stopped the driver at the start of Spring Lane, robbed him, got out and ran up by the river bridge, turned right, and there's a pathway that brings you onto the North Ring Road. Yeah. That'll bring you up towards the lane. He went that way. The second fellow got into the car, outside Blue Cab, you could see him on, on the Blackpool. Blackpool. Uh, hoodie up, mask on again, is it? Hoodie up, hoodie up, mask on. And no, that's that's another thing. Like, uh, especially at night, you expect this. I need a fellow with a hoodie and, and a mask, or Robin fellas, but they're doing it during the day, and all like, and it's like a lot of fellas rang me saying, Bobby, I, I give up nights because you're there, and just the day times are worse now. Not I actually don't know. I don't know of any other profession or job that takes as much risk as a no, taxi as a taxi driver. Yeah, no, no, with, with this industry, when deregulation came in, by there was a lot of fellas fall into this industry. Listen, listen to listen to people. Listen to the the the, the, the government. And there's a good living to be made in this. It's a hard living, and it's a costly living. And fellas are stuck in it now. They have no other choice but to go. That chap last night, I, I, I only heard it wrong there attack last night. And I live in the park where that man was attacked last night. I live in that park. Mm. And, like, um, for, for it to happen on my doorstep and to happen to a man that's 75 years of age, I, 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 I'm, I'm going mad. What happened to that and, man? And in the three attacks, did this character actually get away with any money or valuables in any well, of them? I, 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 I know of the first two... Um, like, I was actually in Blair in Monday talking to the first guy. We, we were out having coffee. He's a good friend of mine, Sean. We were out having coffee with two of us. And Sean left to go home and he rang me. Bobby doesn't know if he left me robbed out of blue cabs. So I got a call off one of the lads in blue cabs telling me what happened. And, and I said, Jesus Christ, when is, when is, when is this going to stop? Because like, this is bad daylight. Like, and uh, like, uh, the, the, the thing is like... Yeah, but did he get away with anything in any of those? Uh, the, the first one, he got a hundred... 100, 40 euro or something he took his wallet and the second for letting he got around 80 euro 150, 80 and nothing from yeah. Noel yeah, yeah. yeah. they yeah. just they just turn him the money and I I, I I tell every driver out there if, if they're held up by a knife or anything just give it give it to him just, they, 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 they don't be trying to do the brave man and fight, fight with him because you don't know what this fellow's going to do but why haven't you guys got pa- perspex screens between the front and the back of the taxi? Well, yeah, a perspex screen, right? Let me tell you, if we give them a kick, they're not perspex for the start. They're different starting materials. They shatter. No. If a fellow wants to rob you, he'll rob you no matter what you have. He'll, he'll get into you somewhere or the other. He'll get you. All you have to do is do something in the back of the car. There's a few things they can do to get you out of the car. And they'll rob you. If they want to rob you, they'll rob you. They're robbing banks, Neil. And look at the protection banks have. No, I, I would tell every driver out there, it's not compulsory, but I would tell every driver, go out and buy a decent dashcam, inside and outside. But that's going to be useless to you if the guy has his hoodie up and a mask on. Whereas Perspex, uh, I, don't believe you could kick, I don't believe you could kick your way through the Perspex. I, not, I, not Perspex, Neil, but the screens are made of different stuff. I, I forget the name, but the stuff is made. But I, I actually... When I was driving, I took my one out, and when I took it out, it shattered. Oh, 
Well, it shouldn't. I mean, I, I, I can only compare it to the prospects in taxis yeah. overseas. There's no way you'd kick through those or get through them. It just wouldn't. That, that's that's perspex, Neil. The stuff that the, the screens are made of, I, I can't think of the name. Probably some of the lads okay. will tell you thereafter. Do, but, uh, like, if they want to rob you, Neil, they'll rob you. And the panic button, do all taxi drivers have this panic no, button that Noel had? No, no, no. No, I, I don't even know. No, I probably probably do know Noel, but I... I, I He's I 75 year old taxi driver who's yeah. who's doing nights. I mean... Yeah, well, see, that, that's it. Like, he, he's... Uh, this man still have a livelihood to go make and he's uh, like fair play to him. And like I have friends, 75, 76 and 80 that are still driving and, 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 and they're, they're in good health and thank God. And it may it long continue. Yeah. Many of those fellas out there can't pack up this industry. Neil, those fellas get 40 years to this industry. 40 years. Mm. No. They, look at all the investment the cows don't today they give into this industry. They're putting their hand in their pocket to provide the public with a taxi service, which no government ever did, and they won't help us. No. Do you expect that man to pack up his taxi and give his taxi pay back to the NTA? No, I think if he wants to work away, he should be entitled to work away. Yeah. But I'd like it to be safer for him. And I'm just trying to come up oh, with a way. Yes. Like, clearly yeah. the Gardaí are trying to find this character, right? They must be. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. they must be. They must be. They must be. But what I'm saying is, I can't, I can't send my plate in the morning and retire. I can't give my plate to my son and retire. I have to go in print two with him go away and die. That, that, that's completely wrong. You can't sell the plate anymore. You can just will it. It has no financial value. Now, if I will my play to my son, he even the hope of putting that in the road because he won't get insurance. Yeah, I know. I know. Before you could sell them, yeah. Before you could sell them onto a fellow that's in the trade. Yeah. A driver. But this character, he went into the base in Blackpool, asked for a taxi. Um, yeah, he stuck, so, his, he stuck his head in and asked for a taxi. So it's hopefully... Well, well covered up, like. I know, that's the problem, you see. That's and the problem. Neil, like, hopefully, he just fell in cut fairly quick because there's drivers out there and they're panicking there's, there's, there's women waking up in the morning saying their husband's gone out to work day and night and, and, and they're worried sick I know like, we, we, we have a very tough job and we, they, a lot of people don't appreciate the work that taxi drivers do there's a hell of a lot of good taxi drivers out there no it's like every other industry we have the bad apples as well Neil and we like to see them being pulled out of the barrel in front of us but the thing is we have a lot of decent, hard-working taxi drivers, men and women. Yeah. We, we, we have plenty of women, uh, well-capable driving taxis and doing a good job. But when you have the likes of this, God, going around with a knife, attacking drivers. Like, thank God, they want to see how see hot. But tomorrow, like this village after doing uh, three, I think in about seven or eight days, that's right, yeah, I mean, no, like, he'll have to be taken out of circulation. Well, I'd like to see when this fellow's caught, like, finally bring the fellow to court, you see a deal during the week in the paper, a fellow danced on the roof of a taxi above in Dublin, you know, for like, just because you went to college, he was told to give 250 order to charity, yeah. he had no conviction, and the driver was left with nothing. Yeah. Who's going to pay for his roof? The government, the government got money out, out, out of this. It happened to me, Neil, years ago, when my car was robbed and I was in this. The fella got fined 500 euro. I got no expenses. The government got 500 euro. I was offered a thousand euro a week before the court case by his mother, and I wouldn't take it. Say no, what a hope! I said I wouldn't do it. Right. And the taxi ref, I'd have been better off taking the thousand euro because the government got 500 euro. And what did you have damage done to the taxi? 
I had I, I hadn't damage done, but I did the fear to collect and I had time off work. And what happened to your man? Did he get uh, a suspended sentence? He, listen out to me and I tell you what happened to me. I got a letter in my door to ring Bandon and I rang Bandon, right? Just to be honest, truth. I rang Bandon and a, a, a young uh, girl came on, politely uh, a girl, and I thought the way it was, and she says, I go on the pulse down, and she goes, the pulse is walking that good ride today. So I give him the, the, the number and, and the letter I got, and she goes, yeah, I can see it. He was fined 500 euros. I want to fine 500 euros for, for robbing the taxi or drunken driving, because he was done for a lot of things. No, um, she couldn't tell me. It's just 500 euros. And I said, what about if you still want to contact with you? Now, that, that was really six years ago. Nothing since. Nothing, but why, 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 why should the court get 500 euro off him? And the person that they're affecting gets nothing. I understand, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the victim <laughs> the victim, a lot of time is forgotten about. No, we, we'd like to see this fellow everybody's caught at least gets five years in prison. All right. And no, no, no time off. Well, listen, I, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Robbing is bad. Robbing with a knife is a lethal weapon. Um, listen, Bobby, thanks. When, 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 you, when you have grown men ringing you up, and, and they're scared. I, they're living shit to go. And, and some of them, some of them, they be crying. That's the truth, really. And no one listens to us. We, we have ministers, the whole lot. They don't care about us. Now. No one cares about the tax industry. And the public treat us like shit. And they have to make a, Well, not all of the public, surely. Well, not all, not, not, not all the public. I will say that. They, 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 but in terms of the public that rings in, they don't tax everything. Uh, anyone that rings into your radio station, they should have a receipt. If they haven't got a receipt or a number of the taxi, they, they, they shouldn't be ringing you. That's the fair related stuff in the issue regarding cash and credit cards. Okay, I understand that. But in 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 the case that we're talking about now, um, like you 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 do want taxi drivers to be safe, but they have only a split second to make a call as to whether they let somebody in or not. And they don't know if there's, for instance, somebody who is really, really in the throes of addiction and just wants yeah. money and doesn't care where they get it from. They could have a syringe or a blade well, or a no, knife. No, this, this fella sounds like he's desperate. He'll do anything for money. Yeah, okay. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? If you do it 10 o'clock in the morning and, and, and uh, 11 o'clock and then 7 o'clock in the evening. I know, I know. This fella's desperate. All right, Bobby, listen, stay in touch. Appreciate it. Thanks for taking the call. One and only Bobby Lynch. You can text 0868104106. This guy needs to be taken out of circulation. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Want to grab yourself a bargain and support an excellent organization? Well, today, tomorrow and Saturday is your opportunity to do so. October is Down Syndrome Awareness Month and as part of fundraising for Down Syndrome Cork, uh, they're running a pop-up shop in Merchant's Key today, tomorrow and Saturday. And it is Chaka with a fantastic range of new and once-worn designer labels. And you'll get them at bargain prices and you'll be supporting this excellent organization, Down Syndrome, Down's Syndrome Cork. So that's Merchant Key today, tomorrow and Saturday from 10 in the morning to 5 p.m. You'll be supporting a great cause. Wouldn't it be an awful shame now if October 22nd's lifting of restrictions was delayed, deferred, suspended, pushed back? Wouldn't it be? Uh, your thoughts on that are welcome. Uh, text 0868 Pick up the phone on one 850 I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not even saying that it's likely going to happen. But they certainly are alarmed 
at the increased numbers. Uh, 2,066 positive cases yesterday. If you're interested in just one or two stats regarding this or why we're at where we're at right now, there are uh, 200,000 people unvaccinated in the Republic and that counts for 10% of the population. We have 400 people in hospitals around the country now with COVID-19 and 69 of them are in ICU. And of that number of 400 in hospital, 50% of them in hospital are unvaccinated. So I don't want to blind you with stats, but if uh, 50% of the 400 in hospital with COVID are unvaccinated, then the figure in ICU is quite alarming because two-thirds of the people in ICU are unvaccinated. And that's the worry, you see. That's putting pressure on the ICUs, the intensive care beds and the units and the respiratory systems and things like that. So we have 400 in hospital, half of them unvaxxed, and two-thirds of those unvaxxed in ICU. Uh, And 43% of the positive cases that we're getting on average now for COVID are in the 19 to 44-year-old age group, which would indicate... The 19 to 44 year old age group has a a substantial amount of people unvaccinated um, who end up in hospital and end up in ICU. And um, and also, I suppose it has to do with the time of the year as well as we go into different into the viral season. Uh, So I think that's pretty much the reason why they're ringing, they're pushing alarm bells and saying, "Okay, starting to get the jitters as to what we will or won't do on October 20th. I'm not suggesting that we go that nobody's talking about imposing more restrictions or talking about going into any kind of lockdowns. It's just that there's a possibility that it may uh, delay uh, whatever we were promised and I went through what we were promised on October 22nd. So there are the numbers for you. Uh, the driver of all of this, they're saying, particularly with regards to hospital scenarios, is unvaccinated. Unvaccinated. Uh, lines open on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. 104 Fiery day yesterday, a very passionate day yesterday on the air with callers and politicians and what have you. Micheál Martin, uh, Simon Coveney, um, and and the likes. And then, of course, um, I got a lot by response then from people who were listening, particularly with regards to rent. Uh, a lot of people talking about uh, about rent. I'm from Cork, but I, I'm living in Dublin and listening to your show remotely in Dublin. At uh, one point during the programme yesterday, you queried how much is a three-bed detached house in Dublin to rent. And you suggested on air it's about €1,800 Euro a month. Uh, I'm being asked to leave my current apartment as the landlord is selling. And I can tell you that a two-bed house or apartment uh, is between 2100 and 2500 a month. So see how far off I was there. My apologies, Calvin. Thank you. He says a three-bedroom detached house would cost even a lot more. Behold, Martin speaks of income tax relief for young people, which works out of between five and eight euro a week. What good is that when rents soar and account for 50% of our incomes and climbing? So I was well off with 1,800. When you mention it, of course, I was way off. He says more than likely to be anything between 2,100 and 2,500. Uh, I'm going to go out of my way now to get sacked. Being on the dole in Ireland is the only way to have a comfortable life. A house for little or nothing. No house insurance. No bin charges. No property tax. No maintenance. No upgrading heating systems, all done for you. I was in for the new council houses in Farron Ferris. You would heat it with a candle. The insulation is there to last. But Joe Soap, with his own house, has to spend fifty to 60000 to bring their house up to a decent standard. It looks like that in this country, the more useless you are, or indeed if you're an asylum seeker, the better you were treated. 
the Irish are third class citizens in their own country. Um, just on the point there with regards to asylum seekers, I think it was Pat made a point on the air a few days ago that you can get citizenship in Ireland faster than you can get a passport. Uh, and I took him to task on that, but there was very little I could say until I actually went away and uh, got some stats and numbers on it. And Seamus did that. We were asking the question, how quickly can you get citizenship in Ireland? And I can tell you, it's not 12 weeks, it's not three months, it's nothing like Pat was suggesting. Um, it can take between 12 and 18 months uh, to uh, get a citizenship in this country and possibly even longer than 18 months. But you, um, you have to... You have to have been legally resident in the state for at least five of the last nine years. So firstly, you got to be here for five years of the last nine um, before you can even apply. So that's five years anyway. And then the application can take 18 months. So in an effort to be fair and balanced, Pat, your stats with regards to citizenship, getting citizenship faster than a passport is not true. And of course, he, he didn't want any of that. He didn't want anybody coming into the country. Uh, because we owe them nothing and indeed we weren't the cause of their woes, which is kind of sad really because a lot of them are women and they're fleeing uh, persecution and genital mutilation and rape and others then are fleeing murder and oppression and hunger and, uh, you know, political issues and things like that. Uh, so anyway, lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Back to the lines we go. Jim, good morning. Neil, how are you, boy? Good, good, good. The point of the budget yesterday regarding contraception was of interest to you, was it? It was. I thought, I thought no, there wasn't much good in the budget, but I, I, there was some things. But I thought that the government's attitude to free contraception for every, you know, the young people was it nothing more than political genocide. All right, um, just move around a little bit there, Jim. It's just a, a bit muffled. Yeah, anyway. You got me now? Yeah, that's a bit better. Go ahead. Pol- it was nothing more than political genocide, Neil. And, uh, you know... It was, it, was, it was like the walking poor, like, I've been affected again, you know? They Explain. Don't young people to, they just don't want young people to have kids. That's all this is about, you know? Um, well, this is free contraception from women aged 17 to 25. Yeah, but you look at what the, they look at. The government will give you nothing for nothing. And all they do, they're making sure that the young girl that last week was saying, I'm five years on the housing wait list, I the child at 19 and can't get a house, won't be a problem to the government in five years' time. This is pre-done. Let's give them all this contraception and stop them having kids. Now, some, some women love having babies, and babies are welcomed. But if they, keep doing, if they do this, we're going to lose probably 15,000 births a year is what will be done, or for 65,000 births. How do you know that? How do you know that there'll be 15,000 less babies? Uh, because you're talking about 17 to 25-year-olds. Yeah, but it'll be for everyone else as well, Neil. They'll be there. Like, they'll be, the contraception is going to be there. And that's also going to go down and, and they're going to... It's not top of any 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25-year-old woman to have a baby. It's not. Not at that age. Well, they will. No, they're, they're, they're having babies at that age, no. And they're, and, and they're reporting on society, according to the government. I don't think they are. Where'd you get the figure of 15,000 babies? Well, there's 65,000 kids born every year in Ireland. So, like, if you take that, people have babies from the age of, we'd say, 17 to 45. You know, some women are doing that 40 and 45, you know, they're freezing their eggs. But that's the, that's the population. That's what they work out at. And look, you're going to have... You believe, so, do you believe that the government are giving contraception, which would be uh, the pill, condoms as well, I suppose, to yep. women aged 17 to 25... To cut down on the amount of children born in Ireland. Not, not, that, so not that they could have safe sex, not that they could prevent STDs, 
just to cut down on population. Well, no, no, just, just for that as well, no, but they're, they're, listen, the government will give you nothing for nothing. They'll, they'll have to zone up babies. Like, it's only five minutes ago you just ran the, the idea for the Down Syndrome shop in Merchant's Key, yeah. which is fantastic. No, but if the government keep going, then there won't be no more Down Syndrome children. Yes, you can design your child. And I think those, those kids are fantastic. The most loving people in the world. They cause no trouble. A hundred percent. And that reminds me of a very interesting article that I read last weekend where in many, many countries, no Downs Syndrome babies are born. And the article in the magazine's headline was, is this the end of Downs babies? Because more and more countries now are providing scanning and screening at a very early stage in pregnancy where parents can look and find out if they're going to have a Downs baby and are you, are you aware of that? Are you aware of that screening? And the, government are, and the government are backing it. Here we have the nicest bunch of people in the world. I never met an aggressive Down syndrome kid. Never. As a matter of fact, I ended up drinking with one guy down in Bannistrand one night and to, to, to they ended up an idiot and he was staying solid. So I mean, we're, we're rejecting this whole community. I'm just calling them an ethnic crowd, you know? But we're rejecting them. How dare we do that, you know? Okay. Uh, I don't know how we moved on to Downs, important as, as it is. Um, uh, this is free contraception for women who would be... Yeah, well, it's all uh, part of it. It's all part of it. Uh, would be out and about, perhaps socialising, having partners, maybe in some cases moving from boyfriend to boyfriend. Uh, you know, as you do it at that age. You know what I mean? It's just... A, it, it'll do that as well, Neil, but it'll also stop births. That's it. And listen, all babies are welcome. Just... There's girls out there that would now go in and have an abortion, right? And the government are putting nothing in for mental health. But surely be to God, if you have a problem with women um, accessing abortion, you should be happy with contraception. I, I have no problem with the woman. She wants to have an abortion, she can have it. But what about the woman that goes to the abortion and realises 12 months later, God, my baby should have been a year old now, or I know she has mental health. There's nothing in for that. Okay. Um, you can't play God like that, boy. It's, it's not on. Forcing our children to take... The walking porter on the boat, people on the minimum wage and 10 and 12 euros an hour. They're the only people that are threatening with us. The only people that what? The only people that they want to stop having babies are the people on minimum wage because they want them to carry on walking. They're the walking poor. They have to stay at home and don't get no houses. That's all this is about. Like you take the rents. You think the boys are going to do something with the rents in fame. There's only one way to stop rents going up and the people renting have the power. Is you do it take a month and nobody pays rent and make the government stand up and look. Okay, well, that's the, that's the rental issue. I want to stay with the one that we're oh, talking about for I'm now. Sure that people haven't having kids, Neil, and that's why they're doing it's going out have condoms because you can't have a, if you have a baby, you have no home, you can't bloody raise it. That's oh, that's a very valid point. Do people say, I would love to have kids, but they actually sit down and do the sums on it and realize that they couldn't support they can't them? Afford it. Yeah, yeah. Do you, okay. I do think that's right. That some girl that's. 21 years of age, you know, she's a lovely boyfriend. I'm going to use the word love. God love us using that word anymore. She's in love with a man. And she decides to have a kid. They have to do it. Can we financially afford this child? Or do we have to use a, a, a Mihal Mapping a, a condom for the rest of our life to make sure we never have kids? The one way to be able to answer the question, uh, will I be able to afford this, kids, the, uh, this kid, is education, isn't it? A really good education system that keeps kids in school where they learn, where they hit all of their benchmarks and they get a great career. I'll be back to utopia now again. No, I'm just saying. That's that, 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 they can't well. get a house. They can't afford a home. They can't start families. You don't know what's coming. They're going to emigrate. They're going to have no Irish people. They're going to go. But the population will still go up. 
We'll still have a rising population here, but it won't be our own. No, they'll be our own when they're born here. Don't, I'm not on about being called a racist or anything like that. I'm not far from it, you know? Well, but what, what are you saying? That there will be children born here, but they won't be Irish children, is it? Well, they won't, they'll, they'll, they won't be from second, you know, they won't be from your grandparents or my, my kids. They'll be born in Australia or Canada. Me, everyone that comes in here will have kids. Let me get some more thoughts on this. Um, I mean, some might suggest that free contraception should be given to all women. Well, they're not even it. This is the way I as, to, it. as to why it's 17 to 25, they're saying it should yeah, be for all. Except young people having babies and then we won't have to deal with giving them houses. That's all it is. And we should be dealing with that in different directions. Oh, oh, well, I mean, I imagine that it has something to do with the fact that it would be a very sexually active generation, 17 to 25-year-olds. Yeah, I mean, they're not all going around the place with the thing hanging off and then rotting it all, by. But just stop. There's not that much disease there at all. Well, There's nothing to do with that. Okay, okay. All right. You know? All right. Okay, thank you for that. Political genocide, says Jim Ahern. Uh, John, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you doing? I'm good. Do you have any thoughts on that, actually, on contraception and what the hidden motive is? Um, well, look, I, I, I just came on at you to talk about the vaccine. I know, um, and I'll get to that, but I just wondered whether you had a thought on it as to, as to whether or not it's a good idea. Well, I, I, I don't think it's a, a campaign like to kind of stop people and have children. I don't believe that. But um, that's, I am 100% pro-life, as you know. The whole thing about it, that um, then if you go and make it... You see, look, that can lead into maybe more promiscuity again. And uh, no, I'm just talking about, like, you mean about the STDs and everything, because... I would have thought that this free contraception with regards to certainly certainly condoms anyway would be to keep down STDs and you know yeah, well, you see, transmitted it involves, obviously it involves the pill and everything so I mean then people get careless and you know there is a, a rise in STDs like I mean that's being well documented so I do worry about that in the bit you know okay you did want to mention actually didn't you that it's all about the vaccinated and the unvaccinated now isn't it well, well I think what's happening at the moment no, I think no, you're not vaccinated are, right I'm not, and I'm not an anti-vaxxer because I get the flu injection every year, Neil. So that makes me okay. put me in the camp of the. I'm not one of these uh, people coming out saying, you know, oh, everything is wrong in the vaccines. All vaccines are wrong. I'm not saying that. But what is happening at the moment, like, I mean, and the, the, the possibility you now that the opening now of all hospitality, which will allow me and the other thousands and thousands of people back in again to socialise, right? That that would be pushed back again. Well, I think there'd be a big push against between the business people and people like myself against that. And I know think that we are being held up, the unvaccinated. We're almost going to be blackmailed now. Which is how do we know about the figures? Like we're getting figures, Neil, but we have no concrete proof. I gave the figures. There's two hundred thousand, like your good self, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's ten percent of the population. And uh, 400 people in hospital, 50% of that figure is people like your good self, unvaccinated. And two-thirds in the ICU are people like your good self, unvaccinated in ICU. It's clogging up the ICUs and it's clogging up the hospitals. The the, the way I look at it, what proof have we got of those figures? They can throw that kind of support any time they want and scaremonger. And what they want to do, I think, this is my theory on this, right? Especially if they open me up now, maybe being pushed back. Then we are now going to be the pariahs now, and they're hell-bent on the people that don't want to take the vaccine for valid reasons, right? Like myself and people maybe that have... Yeah, I know, I know that there are valid reasons, but I spoke with somebody yesterday who incidentally only took the vaccine so that he could travel and so that he could go into a pub or go into a restaurant. Other than that, he never would have bothered with it, but that was the reason he took it. And he said to me, well, if, if it's the unvaccinated 
that um, are clogging up the hospital and driving up the numbers, that's their problem. And leave them locked out of the inside of pubs and leave them locked out of the inside of restaurants. Well, well you see, that, 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 that's feeding to the whole uh, I mean, Patrick system again, which is appalling to me, right? But I mean, it's well documented, no need, that the people that have double jabbed are also in hospital, right? They're making up the other percentage of it, right? And we were told that this was the magic bullet at the start. Run out, get your vaccine, make sure you get the second one, and now the booster is coming down the tracks. But look, the whole thing is in bloody disarray. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're going to have to learn to live side by side with this thing. The winter is coming down the tracks. Let's be honest, people are not going to be able to... But is that the best you can do with the figures? You know, the 200 unvaxxed, uh, 400 in hospital, 50% of them unvaccinated, two-thirds in ICU unvaccinated. Is that the best you can do is to call it fake well, well, the thing is, like, I mean, people are entitled. I mean, like, my body, my choice. Not to take a, a vaccine for whatever reason to their body. body. And the last time I looked at how we were living in a sovereign republic, which entitles us to say, no, I'm sorry, I don't want this. But I firmly believe that what's happening now, there's a campaign now to intimidate us and to beat us almost into submission that if you haven't taken it, you bloody well must take it, otherwise you're going to be locked out of society. But okay, all right, okay. But what about the other point then? Just finally, I'll come back to it after 10, that if you don't want, if you're not taking it and you're amongst the 200,000 that haven't, that you're the reason why we may not come out of the final restrictions on October 22nd. I, I don't believe that. Okay. Have to look, it's, it's, even the, the, some of the professors have said no. Like, we'll say, I don't know whether you have got it or not, Neil, right? but if you would say you have, right? What? And I'm inside uh, the vaccine. Have you been vaccinated? Correct, yes, twice. Yeah, right, great. Okay, so I'm sitting next to you in a bell and I'm being vaccinated, right? You can still inf- infect me. Yeah, so I, not I, to, I know that. I know that. I, I, I could, I'm very healthy for my age, right? but I think the thing is, like, you could be more a danger to me than me to you. Yeah, but I pass on a, fi- a weaker strain of it and your sickness is 50% less. But anyway, that's, that's just the reason. Like for a vaccinated person to pass on the fact the, the COVID-19 virus to anybody, a vaccinated person apparently passes on 50% less of the strain and the person who receives COVID-19 gets 50% less sick. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, but uh, as I said, at the end of the day, I can see what's happening you now almost now a campaign building to kind of vilify us you now that the people out there that haven't, still haven't taken it right and to almost bully and intimidate people into it. Well, it's not going to happen with okay. the rest of me anyway. Okay, thanks, John, as always. Uh, text on that, lads, with regards to, um, you know, the reasons why. Uh, that in eight days' time we may not come out of final restrictions and whether or not the unvaccinated number has a role to play in that. Text 0868 Back after 10. Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7am and wake up your weekend with music, chats and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Okay, just as a, as a by the way, I finally got to see uh, the latest Bond movie, Daniel Craig's 007, uh, No Time to Die. Uh, no spoilers here. I'm not going to say anything at all about it. Uh, part of, oh, uh, just, just one point. I saw an awful lot of people saying they were disappointed with the ending. I can't obviously tell you anything about that because you'd freak out if you haven't seen it. But I had no problem with the ending. I just... For the record, for those of you that have seen it, I had no problem with the ending. 
I know what you think about that. But boy, I tell you another thing I had no problem with. The cinema that I saw it in. We went on to y'all to the Regal uh, for the five o'clock, ten past five showing of uh, No Time to Die. And what a cinema it is down in y'all. I have to say that Beth... Uh, who's the manager down there, uh, well looked after us. My God, I got a tour of the entire cinema, right into the projectionist room. They no longer use the big spoolie reels of film anymore. It's all digitalized. It's like stepping into the space shuttle with all of the buttons and knobs and flashing lights. It's all hard drives and digitalized and super duper sound systems and everything. So it was a fabulous experience. Uh, And that's an amazing cinema. Apparently it was originally built in 1933. There was another one across the road from it, apparently, that was even older than that. Unfortunately, that got burnt down. But uh, she was telling me the lovely story. There's lovely photographs there of a man called Mikey Roach, who was the projectionist in the Regal for 70 years. Imagine that Mikey Roach was there from the off in 1936. He used to have this wheelbarrow, right? And he would collect the reels of film from the train in Yall when they were sent down by train from Cork, having been sent down by train from Dublin. And he would wheelbarrow the reels then uh, all the way through Yall to the Regal. And then when they were finished with them, we'd get new ones, he'd wheelbarrow the reels back again. And there's some beautiful photographs in the Regal of, you know all of the different generations of the cinema going back to 1936. So it really was a lovely trip and a great place, very comfortable. And they've, a lot of the original features of the Regal are still there. They have a bar there, they have a coffee dock there, parties and birthdays and everything. Uh, and a lot of the original cornicing and ceiling and panelling of the, you know, the, the actual screen surround is all original. It, it really is fantastic. Went to Clancy's on the Strand then for a fabulous dinner afterwards. It was a lovely evening and I highly recommend if you're going to the cinema um, and go to see Bond, go and see it at the Regal. I highly recommend it. And it's great to see these businesses thriving. Well done to all concerned. Uh, lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text 0868104106. Text us says, we cannot possibly reopen everything on the 22nd of October with the numbers rising. It's only eight days away, tomorrow week. Texture says, unfortunately, the unvaccinated are the problem and tend to be mainly uneducated, ignorant and selfish individuals who get their information from Facebook and social media rather than getting their information from science. There is no reasoning with them. Now, I read that out because I think that it will probably raise the hackles of those who are unvaccinated to be described as uneducated, ignorant and selfish individuals. But respond to that if you are one of those who is refusing to get vaccinated, text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. Make a standing by. First up, Phil. Phil, good morning. Oh, good morning, Neil. Now, that texter says that they're uneducated, ignorant and selfish. And your good self, Phil, are calling them hypocrites. Hypocrites. Yes, I am. And all what you just said there, no, Neil. Would you say that they're uneducated, ignorant and selfish as well? Well, there's something wrong with them anyway. They've no common sense. Mm, you know, vaccines are not compulsory or mandatory. You don't have to take the flu jab, for instance. It's recommended, yes. but you don't have to. It's discretionary. That's, COVID that's vaccines absolutely. are the same. Yes, but having said this, this is an epidemic. And I was very worried at the start of this. And I said, oh my God, I wouldn't take it. But then when you think of all the people that have died, oh, I said... Mother of God, I have to have the vaccine straight away. Now, I go out very, very rarely, so I'm not in company. But these people are mixing with other people. Now, they go along then when they get it and they're sick. 
And what are they going to do? They're going to go to the hospital. And they're going to be looked after. Whereas people that really need that service are being left behind. But to be to be fair or balanced, we don't know how many, two-thirds of the people in ICU are unvaccinated. But we don't know how many of those are conscientious objectors. Uh, some of those people in ICU unvaccinated could be unvaccinated because the vaccine would make them sick. Well, how do they know that? No, but we don't know that. But, you know, you can't... Well, what I'm saying is that two-thirds of those in ICU are unvaccinated, but it doesn't make them hypocrites or it doesn't make them, um, you know... What was the text earlier on? Ignorant people, uneducated people. Well, I do think they're hypocrites. I mean, they're going to avail of the hospital to to make them better. And they'll end up in ICU, some of them. And mother of God, the people that are crying out that need... You know, hospitals, and they're there. So, if they decide not to take it, then why should they avail of the hospital? So, if an unvaccinated person gets COVID and needs to go into a hospital bed or even an ICU bed, are you suggesting they should be refused it? Um, well, probably not refused it, need, but I don't think. Do you know that they would have the courage to do it? Okay, because well, they are hypocrites. Okay, well, hold on there. Let me just talk to. Uh, don't go anywhere. I just get uh, mixed thoughts because I don't think they agree with yours. Make good morning. <laughs> Definitely not, Neil. How are you keeping? Good, good. Go ahead. That's that's good. Okay, so the texture there spoke about um, ignorant, uneducated people who get their news from Facebook, and Phil goes and right. says you're there. Okay, hypocrites. Um, well, I mean, just as you know, so you criticize talking yourself, like. There is no debate on mainstream media. Now, there's three or four points to these, right? And I start off what Nesset and what World Health Organization has said. 40%. Hello, can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just oh, wondering yeah. where you're going. Go on. Any country's population is asymptomatic. That means they have no symptoms. Like, say, for Ireland, roughly the population of 32 counties, roughly 8 million, right? 3.2 million will have no symptoms. They will have it, but they won't even have oh, a But why are we even right? talking about that now? No, I'm leading up to the thing just because people have a misconception that vaccines are, are to help everyone. It doesn't. Can I explain two or three points, please? And you could ask me questions at the end of it. The next cohort of the population, up to 95%, will have flu-like symptoms. They might go to the doctor for antibiotics, whatever. But it's the last 5%, the last 2% will have severe symptoms like they would with the flu, right? Right. Now, it's also, it's not me saying this, it's medical people saying this. Young people, healthy young people, healthy children have a lot more chance of dying of influenza than they would have COVID-19, right? It's practically... Yeah, so listen, I, I know, listen, hang on a second, Mick. I, I, I respect what you're saying, but influenza is not keeping the country um, sh- uh, under restriction. Influenza wasn't go- didn't get us know, where we got over the last I'm 20 only, months, so... I'm only repeating what medical people are saying. In I, know, oh, I know, but I, I, need to, I just need to keep it real now. I'm not saying well, what you're saying is unreal, but I need, to keep, no, I need to keep it current current, right? That Neffet and the HSC and the government are saying the reason why we may not open on the 22nd of October and release all restrictions is because of unvaccinated people. Yeah, I'm getting to that now. Go right? get to it then. So, Go ahead. Sorry? I'm getting to it. Yeah. I, have to, I thought it was a few points to it. So, um, for a vaccine to work, it, it works on it saying a vulnerable person or an aged person, elderly person 
uh, who might benefit from the vaccine. A young healthy person or a child, they're, they're actually any better off in getting uh, the COVID than the vaccine because the vaccine takes, any vaccine takes seven years to test, fully test. As you need that's fine. People. That's fine. But, but then you have a young, then you have a young person unvaccinated who will recover, shaking hands with an eighty-eight-year-old who's doubly vaccinated and can still get very sick. Do you see where I'm going? Yeah, and you happen to the own radio station. A vaccinated person can still get COVID and still pass it on. And blue in the face, saying I'm saying a vaccine only helps the person themselves, as they might not get as sick. Like a vulnerable person, God love us, a person who has cancer or something. But I know... It might be better off getting the vaccine than not. I wanted I your... I understand, but I wanted your child. opinion on what we're living with right now. The chances of not releasing final restrictions on the October the 22nd and the reason being given by politicians and effort is because of the amount of people in the country who are unvaccinated yeah. in hospitals and in ICU. And I wanted but your I thought on... I just said by the God, like... <laughs> It could be aged people at the very start of this pandemic with the Oxford and the fires and stuff. Research came out from Norway, Sweden, and other countries that people who are, who are, have an illness or might be very aged, they're better off not taking the vaccine because it, vaccine might give them the symptoms. They may actually die from the symptoms themselves. So a person who's very ill or aged, they'd be better off not getting the vaccine. And you just said that there five minutes ago as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, that could be some of the people who are in ICU. Yeah, they may not, the they may be not be conscientious objectors. They could have been people who couldn't take the vaccine because they would have a severe reaction to it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's very easy to throw numbers and stuff, but we don't have a breakdown of all the numbers. Okay, so you're not yeah. vaccinated. Um, what's up? All the numbers really like. You're um, not vaccinated. I'm saying. Oh, sorry, me is it? No, yeah. I'm not. Okay. And my children won't be vaccinated either. Okay, and just why? Because there is a potential of more harm done to them with the vaccine than getting COVID. Okay, okay. So you, you're, okay. You're, you're, you're not bothered then no, whether I, we I, go into... Sorry, you're not bothered if they impose more restrictions. The number yesterday was 2,066 positive cases. Um, I, I can give you the amount of... Uh, we've had... Uh, I mean, we, the deaths continue to climb. Something like 20, 26 reported uh, last week, uh, bringing the number of deaths now to 5,036. None of that concerns you? Well, break down the numbers. And, and well, it's 5,036. It's 5,036 hearts that stopped. Yeah. Can I break down the numbers? What I said in July 2020 was that the numbers were up by 600. And not all people who died were actually tested for COVID-19. Plus also, what came out in the Arachis meetings and stuff in Leinster House was that if a boss knocks you down and you've got a broken leg and you went to the hospital and you're tested in the hospital, okay. uh, you, you could be po- test positive then. And that numbers, even though that's not the reason you're on You were put down as COVID death when down. you were actually killed by a boss, yeah. That's the same. The numbers have to be more looked into than that. Okay. It's very easy to throw numbers broad says, but okay. you have to break down the numbers. Okay, okay, alright, appreciate your call, thank you. Okay, um, thank do you, you want to respond to that, Phil, incidentally, just before we move on? Yes, I would need, uh, that man is talking rubbish. I <laughs> mean, he's, he's not going to have it. He won't allow his children to have it. So, no, if, they get, if they get, if they get the virus, they have to go to hospital. They so don't have to, to use hospital. the hospital time. And to, like Neil, the people in the third world, because 
the vaccine isn't available for the majority of them. Mm, I think about f- I think about four percent have been vaccinated, but that's not by choice. That's because they can't get vaccines. They can't. Yeah, can they are all dying. Yeah, respond. Go on, because I want to move on to Noel, so do respond. Okay, sorry about this, just one sec. My children, by statistics, this is what Netflix, the Water Organization said. By statistics, children won't go to hospital. They, they won't be harmed by COVID-19. Yeah. That is a fact. That's not me saying it. That's medical people saying it. That's them own saying it. So my children are better off getting COVID-19 than to test than to get a vaccine that's not properly fully tested. Okay, so you and your children then would stay away from everybody else, would you? Boy, we... a vaccinated person can still get COVID and still pass on COVID. There is no difference between a vaccinated person and unvaccinated person. There is, you see, that's 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 not true. That's not true because uh, because medics have said that the vaccinated person passes on a weaker strain of COVID. Look up, look up. And the person who gets who gets that weaker strain has a fifty percent less reaction. Look up Israeli statistics and U.S. statistics. Okay. And why should my children be be well? You said about coercion. Coercion is forcing people. No, I'm not, I'm not for. I'm not saying that at all. I, I, I'm the one who is saying that it's it is it is a personal choice to be vaccinated or not. I'm just trying to get people's reaction. It's not a personal choice. It's all bad from restaurants and pubs and stuff. But that is not free will. That is not by choice. That's coercion. So you don't think that's the price that must be paid for unvaccinated? And the dictionary is interpretation and coercion by tricks. Being kept out of restaurants or pubs or hotels or, or, or social settings. Coercion is just as disgusting as using physical force and something. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. Covered as much as I could. Thank you, Mick. Thank you, Phil. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Line one is Noel. Noel, good morning. Hi, Neil. Uh, a computer scientist Neil, and a sociologist. Neil before, say, Neil, before you say anything, I'm going to lay down a challenge to you. Okay. Bring me into the studio for an hour, two hours. And I will answer all your questions and all your listeners' questions, and I will answer them factually and scientifically. Ooh, okay, you're a viro- you're, are you a virologist? Are you um, no? I'm a computer a scientist and I'm a sociologist, and I'm well versed in virology, immunology, and epidemiology. I've gone to task on it in the last year and a half. I've done my best to study as much of it as I possibly can. Okay, okay. I know. I've no, I, I, no, I, don't, I have no. Out the window. Science is what? It's gone out the window in the last year and a half. It's absolutely out the window. I hear you talking about vaccinated people passing on a weaker strain. Where did you get that from? Where did you get that from? For God's sake, man. I mean, like, I'd have to go away and check and double check. But believe me, I did hear it and it wasn't from Neffet. I think it was the World Health Organization. I mean, do you want me to go and find exactly where? The World Health Organization that's run by a former terrorist Okay, Man. all right, okay, all right. Well, listen, if you're going to be calling people terrorists on the air, we can't continue no, with the conversation. Google it, Google it, get the researchers to Google it. He was a terrorist. All right, look, can you, can you just talk to this guy, Noel, and ask him please to stop calling terror people terrorists if he wants to get back on the air? Um, telling me to Google something doesn't necessarily mean it right, and I can't Google something about a terrorist in the WHO while I'm talking to him on the air. So I'm not being rude to you, Noel, but we'll part company if you keep talking about terrorists. Sean, good morning. Good morning, um, Neil. I, I have two points to make. Number one is, of all the people who are in ICU at the moment, 
They never gave us a figure of how many, and we're talking about the unvaccinated portion now. Yeah. They never tell us how many of those people have been in ICU for quite some time, even before the vaccines were rolled out. We're never given those figures. Okay, Um, and why, why is that relevant, the length of time in ICU? No, it's not the length of time. It's the fact that they're giving us these figures that a high percentage of people in ICU are unvaccinated. But a lot of those people could be in before the vaccines came out. They might not have been able to take the vaccines for other reasons because they have other illnesses. I've said that a number of times. I said that again this morning. I said you you do not know how many people are in ICU um, who couldn't take the vaccine for very, 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 for reasons regarding their health. Yes, and and also the point I'm making is, which is on top of what you're saying, is that some of those people could be in ICU for the last 12 months. We don't know. They don't tell us. Well, of the, like the, they're great to give out the figures of the number of people unvaccinated in ICU, but some of those could be there since before the vaccine was even rolled out. Uh, yeah, that's a valid point. I mean, not, I mean I, they're not giving us. I would also. But, I, I'm, I'm not supporting this last man, Noel. But Dr. Anthony Fauci and the CTC in the recent, within the last six to eight weeks, have come out and have stated as a scientific fact that people who are vaccinated can pass they pass on the disease just as much as the unvaccinated, and they also pass on the same viral load. Now, you really need to check your facts there because you have been saying the last couple of days about passing on a lesser... That's not a fact. The fact is, if you check the CDC and Tony Fauci, you will see that they have stated that people who are vaccinated pass on the same viral load can get sick and can pass it on just as much as an unvaccinated person. I certainly will take your uh, your comments under advisement and I'll check that stat uh, because that is news to me. My understanding was that it was a weaker strain. No. Okay. No. Was there, a, was there a time when it was believed that it was a weaker strain? There was. Yeah. Initially when the, when the rollout of the, the vaccine came. And the other point I would well, make... Well, thank you for that clarification. It's important to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. And, and you can check it yourself and yeah. see. Now, the other question I would ask is this. And it's to do with people who have gotten COVID. So people who got COVID should, going on all that we've ever learned about disease, have, have natural antibodies. There is never a question, there never has been anybody uh, tested to see if they have natural antibodies. Even people who have had COVID and recovered are told, take the vaccine because it will give you stronger protection. But what's wrong with natural protection, uh, Neil? Yeah, um, but what if, fair, yeah, fair enough. And we say that about many, many illnesses and building up natural protections and that it's, you know, they, they also say that kids get sicker way too much because we live in too clean an environment and the world is too, you know, it's, it, it, it's too clinically clean. Um, but this is a different scenario in the sense I've given out the deaths again now this morning, for instance, 5,036, the number of people who have died from it. Is that not a, is that not a figure that people should be sitting up and taking notice of? Is the 2,000 cases of yesterday not a worry? Neil, you have to look at how people massage figures. People die with COVID. People don't always die of COVID. But the people who die... Are, they're putting into this. They're put into the, the statistics. Now, I'm not saying that 
uh, it's done all the time, but like there is there is that possibility there that a lot of people who die with COVID, and that's the words they use now, don't die of COVID. They die of other things, but they also have COVID at the same time. And you think there could be a significant amount of those numbers, yeah? I feel there could. And as well as that, uh, there is absolutely no figures whatsoever given out of the number of people who have suffered complications after getting the vaccine. Um, You know, I mean... What what are you talking about? Long COVID, is it? I'm not talking about long COVID now. I I know of two people. I know of two people uh, of my own uh, circle of friends who... Uh, one of them got the second vaccine on a on a on a Monday. He was he taken very sick on a Tuesday. He went into hospital. He died on Wednesday from complications. There was no investigation to see if it had anything to do with the vaccine. Actually, I've spoken on the air with people who got very very sick after the vaccine. Very sick. Yes, but what I'm talking about is people who get very sick after the vaccine and recover. But like in the hospitals, we're given all these figures all the time of the number of people who are in ICU and who die from, from, or with COVID. With COVID as opposed to from COVID. Okay, hold on there a second, William. Just before you go. No, I'm not letting you go a second. Just William wanted to challenge one stat that you gave there. William, can you hear me? Hello, Neil. Yeah, go ahead. Neil, he's telling lies there. Fauci was only on the telly the other night on CNN and he said that any person that's vaccinated more than likely, that's the words he said, won't end up in hospital. And if they do, it'll be a mild form of coronavirus. That's what he said. He was only on a few nights ago. He comes on CNN. Did he say anything about the dose, uh, the strength, you know, how much? He said, he said, all he said is that more, that there's, he said he's the top scientist in the world. No, but did he say anything about... A vaccinate an unvac a vaccinated person and the viral yeah, load that they you know what I'm, you know when I said fifty percent less COVID yeah, is passed well, he on didn't from a vaccine. say fifty percent. What he said, they wouldn't get is sick and they wouldn't end up in hospital more than likely. Okay. Well, the stat That's the stat that I no said. the stat that I was referring yeah. to and I wanted and if I if it's incorrect or if it has changed. We need, I need to know that. It was that somebody who has been vaccinated will pass on a 50% weaker strain of COVID um, and that the person who receives it um, has a 50% chance, a 50% less chance of ending up in hospital or sick. You're right. The World Health Board. No, no, I, I, I don't know if I'm right because Sean is saying right. I'm not. The World Health Board said that, but this man is drawing up Fauci, what Fauci said. He did not no, say no, that. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Sean. Yeah. I have, I, I'm not disagreeing with that man at all. What I'm saying, and I agree with what you said earlier, somebody who's vaccinated, if they get sick, the vaccine seems to protect them. What I'm saying is that it has, it has been stated, it has been stated, and it can be checked. That just be, be, that the un, the person who is vaccinated uh, passes on the same viral load as the person who is not vaccinated, and that no, that, you're that, a lawyer, uh, you're a lawyer. Doctor Fauci didn't say he that. Never said, he never ago. said that. He never you said, said that. He, he said the did. person. The person don't you, said did. you said he did, John. You did. Sorry, no, you I said. I'm sorry. Right here frightening people. There's thousands of people, millions of people sick around the world, and you're on here doing a load of bull. That's what you're saying. 
when you say you're not listening to me, you're not listening to me because what I said was that the, the vaccine protects the person who gets it. What, I, what I'm saying is that if you look at it, and if you look at it, and if you look at what the facts are, that a person who is vaccinated passes on to somebody else the same viral load as somebody who's I'm not just vaccinated. gonna I'm just going to no. have to go away and research it myself because we're not going to no, agree on this point. There, but you he's say wrong. he's wrong and, 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 and I'm not sure and anymore yeah, because I mean, it could have changed. He's only coming on. He don't know what he's talking about. And Maybe you could look it up instead of listening to CNN. Instead of listening to CNN, you could listen. You could look at what the CDC and Fauci actually said about that. Okay, thank you both gentlemen, thank you William, thank you Sean uh, appreciate it, one, one more call then I need to take an ad break uh, Terry, good morning uh, Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you yeah. Okay, you're you're sick of it, sick of what? Sick to daily listening about coronavirus Neil, to be honest with you boy. it's on every single day in the day And listen, I'm also conscious of talking about it but when we hear the news that they're thinking of maybe not releasing or re- lifting the final restrictions tomorrow week I thought it was worth mentioning because they also said, and effort is saying, I'm not pointing fingers now, and I don't know whether they are or not, because many people, you don't have to take the vaccine. It, it is a personal choice. But that the reason that they're rethinking it now is because of unvaccinated people in hospital. Neil, so why it's going on too long, by well, To be honest with you, know, right? if I met you downtown there about three or four years ago and shook your hand, you made a comment there a while ago about shaking someone's hand and you can get the coronavirus. If I met you there a few years ago downtown and shook your hand and I had the flu, you could get the flu, but there's no one talking about that. And probably when I got the flu and got colds and sniffles and all that, that's exactly how I got it. Yeah, I agree that's with you. That's exactly how you got it. And you know what, Neil, by Look, it's just going on too long now, by to be honest with you. Too many people talking about coronavirus. No one talking about the flu anymore. It's, it's depressing to listen to her. Like, people are sick to death of listening to this on the radio and everything else, on the TV, on the news. I mean, get on with your lives, like... It's time, it's time to forget about this now and put it in the past. There's only one, one solution for all of this, by and that's herd immunity, like. Herd immunity, we just... We don't, we don't know with the flu. Lift everything, let people get on with their lives. Exactly. Without any I restrictions mean, whatsoever. So what's the point, okay. like? Yeah, okay, all right, so okay. Like people are walking around getting the flu for, for the last 20, 30 years, and sure there's, there's no one wearing masks. There's no one saying, sure, we have to have a lockdown. And do you, you know do, do you think the amount of sickness and the amount of deaths from COVID is similar to flu numbers? But sure, like we have uh, on a normal year with the flu, we'd have two and a half thousand people die a year. So there's no no figures there to be at the bench. We don't know what's going on. And why are they doing that then? Why why are they doing that? Well, I don't know why they're doing it, Neil. To be honest with you, to be honest, I think they're only scaremongering people. By to be honest, and that's that's being totally honest about it. You know, time to move on. Now get on with our lives and forget about this thing put into the past. You know. All right. Thank you for that. Cheers, Terry. Text 0868104106. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Just on that point, because it's very important to check things as fast as possible when a statement is made. Uh, the latest research that we can find, thank you, Mark, is from the 1st of October, and it was uh, British scientists at the University of Oxford that examined 150,000 cases. Uh, and they said that when a person was infected with the Delta variant variant, uh, and had um, the Delta variant, the given contact, as in the person that they came in contact with, was 65% less likely to test positive uh, from that person. 65% um, 
if the if they had been if the receiver had been fully vaccinated with two doses of Pfizer. Now Pfizer seems to be, I think, for somebody who wants to be vaccinated, is probably the vaccine vaccine of choice. To be really honest with you, Astra, um, not as good at all, really, with regards to uh, you know um, the 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 statistical percentages when you compare it to Pfizer. But anyway, that's the stat: sixty five percent less likely to test positive if the person from whom they were exposed to had two doses of, of the Pfizer, uh, if they were fully vaccinated with uh, two doses of the Pfizer from an unvaccinated person. Uh, so that's the, de- that's the deal there. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure there's much more science there and much more research, and I'll come back to it. But that was my understanding of it with regards to uh, the strain that was passed on um, from a vaccinated person to another person, 65% they're suggesting now. Hope you can follow that. It's just a bit of stat. This COVID topic has gone beyond a joke. Everyone has a different opinion. Even Neffet changes the tactics along with the government policy. It's uh, at a stage now where the vaxxed would want the unvaxxed tattooed. It's bloody madness, says Phil. That guy's correct. People are sick listening to it. At last, someone's talking sense. We should all just drop it. Uh, I agree with that man. Flu has disappeared. We have... Uh, We just have to open up society now, get on with life. This is politically motivated by a self-serving bunch. Seriously, what's to say this time next year, it'll be the same crap all over again. It's amazing how the government have everyone talking about COVID again one day after the budget. That's an interesting point. Uh, uh, Neil, you're a disgrace, pushing the pro-vaccine all of the time. You're very capable of questioning the obvious, but you won't. An absolute disgrace. disappointed you say that because I try and push both narratives as often as I can. It is actually scary listening to how horrible and ill-informed people are about the unvaccinated. Another text here, I'm 33 years old and I've had the first Pfizer vaccine after having it. My menstrual cycle has gone haywire and two days after receiving the first dose, my legs and feet swelled for over a week. I am afraid to receive the second dose because of this. And now feel like my life will be curtailed over restrictions. Can't talk, just want to see if anyone else had issues like mine. Yes, they have had issues like yours. And they were as sick and sicker than you. So you're not alone in that regard. And and to be honest with you, without pushing any pro or anti-narrative, I can understand, I really can understand why you are slow to get the second dose of the vaccine, having gone through the reactions that you did after the first. Uh, This is a vaccine on trial till 2023. I am educated, full-time hard worker, paying a mortgage, bills, and I am not, as described by a texter, selfish, ignorant, or uneducated. I do not get my job or my info uh, from social media. Um, Just wondering where this ends. Vax or unvax people? um, uh, I would like information on less transmissible strains, where the study came from, uh, are we just taking the government at their word for everything? By your own admission, people have taken it just to go for a pint or fly in an airplane. Dangling normality um, after 18 months of hell. Some people have just for those reasons. They just said, I want my freedom. And if freedom is a vaccine, give me the vaccine. The HSE and the government were honest uh, with us about vaccine reactions. It would make a huge difference. A lot of people are having serious reactions to it and nothing or very little is being said. That's interesting, actually, because uh, I have a conversation for you with a girl called uh, Nina, uh, who's been living with long COVID uh, and has been uh, for 10 months now. So much so that she recently started up a Facebook group in Cork called Cork Long COVID Support Group, just to find out, because it's a lonely place, she said, the last 10 months, uh, just to find out if there's others like her. So at least she could chat or feel that, you know, that 
that she is not alone. Lines open at 1850 104 106. Text 086 8104 106. We'll come back to calls in a minute. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Uh, very interesting short text here saying 10% are wagging the 90% of the dog. It's unreal. And the 10% versus the 90%, of course, is the 10% of the population unvaccinated. Text is suggesting it's that part of the dog that's wagging the rest of it. Uh, this all started actually because um, Freedom Day is not guaranteed. And I said that just coming on nine. It's in many of the papers this morning. And that prompted many calls, quite emotive calls from both sides. Uh, and that's and that's a good thing uh, because not everybody even believes the statistics of the 200 unvaccinated or 400 in hospital and 50% of them unvaccinated. I see a text there coming in from a chap who says, I just met with a doctor in Cork recently and told me that, uh, that peop- the people are double vaccinated in hospital, but that they can't tell the truth. All the vaccinated are guinea pigs to a trial vaccine. And remember, it is just that, a trial vaccine. So saying that he spoke with a doctor who told him uh, that most of the people are double vaccinated in hospitals, opposed to, uh, as opposed to what Neffert is saying, that 50% of them in hospital with COVID are unvaccinated. So I will come back to that, I promise you. And believe me, I'm as conscious of talking about COVID as anybody else. But I suppose it's kind of his, his news that eight days away from the final lifting restrictions, it may not happen. And that was the basis on which I mentioned it. So your thoughts are always welcome. Text 0868104106. But we did start earlier on with uh, one of the proposals in the budget, which is to give free contraception to women aged 17 to 25. With some calls on that. Uh, here, here's Shana, and she's got her own opinion on it. Shana, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are Oh, good, thank you. Now, first of all, are you within that age group? So I'm 25 now. I'll be 26 in December, so I won't qualify for next year. But I, I think it's a great, a great system the government's putting in. Okay. When we say free contraception, what kind of contraception are we talking about? So I, my understanding for that is the pill, the contraceptive pill, um, which is a, a burden on younger people. I mean, I remember when I was in college, it was a cost you had to factor in every month. Ah, and like what okay. a lot of people don't know either is that every six months you do have to go to the doctor and get your blood pressure taken and your blood taken to make sure everything's okay and the pills are agreeing with you. That's 50 euro every time. Now, while that mightn't be covered, still, if there is uh, assistance on actually paying for the pill itself, it'd be a great help. Uh, like, right. I think it's really responsible of younger people to take control and action for themselves and they're not just going around having a safe sex or they're taking ownership of their bodies and their choices. And if the government are willing to help pay for this pill, then that's fantastic. Okay. So it has nothing to do then uh, with um, preventing pregnancy amongst young women. It has nothing to do with uh, STDs or anything. It is it is the financial cost of the pill. So the pill doesn't prevent against STDs. No. It's just um, stops you from getting pregnant. Okay. okay. So this free contraception doesn't include... Uh, condoms? As far as I know, it doesn't. No, it's just the, the contraceptive pill. Okay, so why at the same time then did they not end period poverty by providing everything needed for the menstrual cycle, tampons, towels, all free? To be honest, I, I really don't know. Maybe because it's not as big of an issue with Ireland. I mean, But, 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 sure, but surely that is a huge expense every month. Yeah, it can be. It can be quite expensive. Now, there are cheaper ways of like going around it. There's new things like a menstrual cost, um, which is a one-off payment and that you have that for life and it's a more sustainable option. Okay. Um, 
but there are cheaper um, sanitary products that you can get that won't break the bank. But I suppose if you're paying for a pill prescription for the year, like the cheapest you'll get the pill is about a tenner a month. That's 120 or a year plus maybe two doctor visits. So that's the bones of like two, three hundred euros a year yeah, for, yeah, for yeah, the pill. Yeah. yeah. And you find, so, it ridic- like, you find it ridiculous that men would have an opinion on free contraception for young women. Why? Well, I just I just thought it was funny that an older man was ringing in this morning to complain about contraception for younger women when he doesn't know what it's like to have the risk of getting pregnant. Men don't have to carry the child for nine months. It's us that have to take that risk. And I think, like, by the government doing this, you know, Ireland really, like, oppressed sex and they thought it, it was not a good thing and it was, like, shunned down. But, like, by this, they're getting with the times, like... Like, I thought he was, the way he was talking was that the government were shoving this down the throat of, of every 17 to 25-year-old woman. And they weren't. They were just making it an option and a choice for people. If a 17 to 25-year-old wants to get pregnant, she can. She just doesn't have to avail of the free pill card. And then why and then only the- limit it? Like, next year, you wouldn't be able to avail of free contraception. Why only 17 to 25-year-olds? No, I wouldn't, but Neil, I'm in a lot better financial position now that I'm a 25-year-old working woman compared to when I was in college like four years ago. You know, I didn't have as much money, but I always budgeted for it because it was a priority for me. And then the caller that was talking about promiscuity, I was like, I had a boyfriend all through college. Of course I had sex in college, but I wasn't, just because I had the pill, I wasn't sleeping around. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I think it's just giving people that choice. But that age group probably have... Uh, I'll get shot for saying it, but would it, be, <laughs> would it be fair to say that that age group probably has sex more than any other age group, would they? <laughs> Quite possibly, but your sex drive is higher when you're younger. Yeah, no, I'm saying, like, others now who are <laughs> very sexually active in their 60s or 50s will be freaking out. But I suppose it's... Yeah. But it, it's, it's too it's to give them the the option of not getting pregnant that age, that young, is it? Yeah, yeah, I think it is, to be honest. Okay. And it's like, it's women taking control of their bodies as well. And I don't see that there's anything wrong with that. And when I just heard the older man ringing in, I just thought it was nearly, it was nearly comical because he doesn't know what it's like. He doesn't know about the risk that's involved. And I just had to get my speaking. I know I won't qualify for it next year. But if I was in college, I would have been so delighted if we had this choice. Because it is women have to deal with the risk, not men. I understand you 100%. And can I just ask you, do you vote? Yes, I do vote, yeah. Okay. Um, You don't think this is a vote catcher? I mean, your generation really are looking towards Sinn Féin an awful lot more now, aren't you? Well, I wouldn't say that. Like, yes, there definitely is. Like, definitely. Um... I suppose I'm not very politically involved, so I don't really want to comment on that. But I felt like I could speak on this this morning because of the position. No, it's that just that the cynic in me yesterday was was thinking that oh, this is a this is just a free carrot for young people to uh, vote Fianna Fáil or vote Fine Gael and not vote Sinn Féin. You know, there was that, and, and also is, the fifty, I, you know, fifty percent off the bus and train for students kind of thing. You know, that it was a vote catcher. Yeah, and maybe it maybe it was. I, I suppose I didn't see it that way at all. I just know what the burden of the cost is. And there was months where you're like, will I just not get it this month? Oh, and just like take a break and be extra careful. Whereas it's not giving that choice. And another thing that people don't realize is that your pill can actually regulate your periods. And it's like, 
it makes the life of a, of a woman so much easier. You know exactly when your menstrual cycle is, when times of the month are. You don't have to worry about being out and then you get a surprise, like, you know exactly. Yeah. So, like, I think from a medical perspective, from, like, what my experience is, I'm not speaking, like, for doctors or anything, I am a big fan of pill. I think it's great for contraception and for your menstrual cycle. It regulates everything. Okay. And I'm, I just think it's really good. I've told my friends, everybody that I talk to. Okay. That it's, and it's I'm brilliant. delighted for this because I'm in a much clearer position now and understanding of the reasons behind it. And I'm sure a lot of others are as well. Thank you, Shana. Have a good day. Thanks so much, Neil. Just one email ahead of the 11 o'clock news. Uh, This is quite sad. It's disturbing. Hope this email finds you well. I listen to you every day, as my mum did when she was at home. Sometimes it's hard to listen with the amount of divide, hurt and anger that's in our country. My mum and dad are in full-time care now and have been for the last two years. We faced very dark days looking through windows, trying to communicate with them. My mum, who always was afraid of vaccines, had no other choice but to get the vaccine for herself and for my dad. The vaccine booster was announced last Tuesday for them to receive, uh, to receive it on the 11th of October, which would have been a few days back. I rang the home they're in to casually say that they wouldn't be getting the vaccine booster. Um, they had uh, taken their jabs already and the flu jab was being administered soon. So enough is enough. My mum was sick of it. She got the flu jab once in her life and ended up in hospital for six weeks. My reply from the doc- director of nurser, nursing was... They would be put out of the home on Monday um, if the booster isn't taken. She and my father were marched up the corridor, lined up, their voices removed and they were given the jab. Uh, She said she cried and cried all night, Neil. Uh, She said, as in, imagine that means her her mum cried and cried all night. Uh, They have their home, their savings, their pensions and now their voices are threatened too. Um, to be thrown out as in free speech. I never felt so helpless in all my life. Surely this is not right. Um, if I'm following that email correctly, you said the director of nursing said they would be put out of the home uh, and on Monday uh, they were marched up the corridor, lined up and given the booster jab, which clearly to me is against their will. Um, is it any wonder you feel so helpless and they're so upset? I, I hope to God there wasn't any negative or bad reaction to the booster jab you, you don't say i hope that your parents are okay but that is quite alarming i mean um, you know that is forcing the vaccine on people against their will and that certainly um you know is is not in any way acceptable or tolerable lines are open at 1850 we'll catch up after 11 the neil prenderville show on twitter at Neil Red FM. As we send uh, birthday greetings this morning to a very special lady, Amelia O'Driscoll, whose birthday is today. Happy birthday, Amelia, from your husband, Dennis. Lady the dog, your daughter, Rachel, Kim, Dylan, Ryan, and Emer. So happy birthday. Great lady. Have a great day today. Happy birthday. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Lots to do, but I mentioned uh, just at nine o'clock this morning the uh, passing away of Father Ger, Father Gerard Galvin. And you may well recall uh, I had a lovely conversation with Father Ger um, the back of August um, because he had posted a video, a farewell, a very emotional farewell video 
to his parishioners online. And I remember watching the video, being very moved by it and followed it up with a, with a chat with them. But during the video, he says, um, he said that he was recording um, something, but he'd rather not have to record it, but he had no choice left but to do so, to record a video of his farewell to the people that he loved and to his parish and all of the parishes he served in before. I mean, he was ordained in 79 and served in uh, the parishes of Grona Braher, Skibbereen, Passage West, Monkstown, Clonakilty and Muinchur Vara. Um, but he said that he would rather not do a video, but had no choice. He says, I wish it wasn't like this. I wish I could shake your hands and say goodbye, but I can't. I don't have my energy anymore. Um, I was very, very moved by that and had a chat with them a couple of days after the video went up online. Perhaps you saw it, perhaps you didn't. Perhaps you heard the full interview. If you didn't, then we're you know, resharing the interview again on, on my Twitter page and also on, on Facebook. But this is just a section of my conversation with the late, the late Father Jer. Listen, many people were very touched and moved by your farewell video. Were you expecting that? Absolutely not, no. Um, the video was recorded because I was... I'm unable because of the cancer in both my bones, which is in every bone of my body, and uh, in my lungs as well. I was looking for a way, searching for a way to say goodbye because I knew it was over for me as, a pre- as, as ministry in the parish. And I was chatting with a couple of friends and they said, why don't you record something and just put it up on, you know, send the link to mm-hmm. people and let them look at it and then send on the link because I have a group and then obviously somebody in the group passed it on. I think the trail uh, was from the from the from the group mm. to the Southern Star mm. and the Southern Star was pe- it picked up from the examiner I think picked it up from That's the Southern right. Star yeah. and then it went kind of to the Irish Times and the uh, Independent and as far as the sun and as far as the newspapers are concerned they only have limited circulation but online it's endless circulation and many many people have seen it we're very moved by it in fact found it quite sad was was it a difficult thing to do it was very very difficult uh, for me to do uh, mind you it wasn't done in one take there was no I know uh, you know we'll, we'll try that again no, no. Uh, I, I, it was from my heart um I wanted to say goodbye to people who had been extraordinarily good to me and kind to me uh, over ye- over the years, mm-hmm. and um, saying that was was very very difficult and very hard to keep back the tears at times. And just, but it turned out to be the only thing I could do um, that I thought would be effective. I was, I'm absolutely stunned myself. Mm-hmm. I'm actually starting chemo tomorrow again, and and like that will be. I'm very vulnerable when, extremely vulnerable when I get in chemo, and I know that. And is that because you want to extend your time? I think you mentioned that it, you you say it is incurable, but is that to give you more time on with your family, with friends, I, with nature, with life? I suppose it is really. You've asked a very pertinent question. Um, and yeah, of course, I, I want to stay with my family and friends, but if the Lord calls me tomorrow morning, then that's okay too. But obviously, I want to contain it insofar as it can be contained for a while. Yeah. Um, and it isn't that I have things I want to do. When I have 78 pages of my book written, it's going to be vicious. But um, I... <laughs> Publish Sorry. it. Publish it after you're gone. Then. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Walking in circles, as it's called. Uh, no, it's it's. I, I yeah, obviously, I, I 
just like everybody, every human being, you know, I, I, most humans that I know, all of them actually, just want to live another day. And if I don't live another day, well, then I don't live another day. That's not my call. And, but today has been a lovely day. And you've been very, today very honest. It has been a wonderful day. It has, in, in the sense that it, the, the sun is shining and you're still amongst us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, and I also but, think that there's a lot of people who are listening to this now who have their own pain or their own illness or their own mental or physical struggles. And they, I hope, will take a lot of comfort um, and peace from what you're saying. I, I really believe that. Well, I hope they do too. And don't be hard on yourself. And is my advice. Another thing that drives me to the loopy bin is when you get 15 messages one after the other on the phone or something, be strong, be positive. If I hear the word positivity again, I swear I'll scream. <laughs> I'm like, I know I am positive. I'm very positive about it, all of this. What would you prefer people and to say, Father Jar? Just, you know, hang in there, Jar. Or, you know, we're there for you if you want us. We can do anything to help you. A friend of mine decided he would deal with that for me at one stage. I was telling him how much I hate it. So he sent me a text the following day saying, do you realize, Jerry, that the mortality rate for humanity is 100%? <laughs> there are no hitches on a hearse. And he said, finally, life is a dead injure. Enjoy. He's a charming friend, isn't he? <laughs> i tell you something. Uh, some I'm, ver- I'm very sorry I missed your sermons because I'm quite sure I'd have listened to every single word of them. <laughs> they're not too bad they weren't too bad I suppose all right, but, but, all, I, but I do that I still do that on a Sunday I still send out the thing on a Sunday to my about 50 people and it's very oh, it's, it, it's it's reflection it's on the scriptures always but it keeps me challenged uh, keeps me going and um, it's a great help to you you know and, and I can't say any more than that. I know, I know. Well, listen, I hope I, I didn't tear, uh, t- tire you out. I don't know whether we'll ever get a chance. I, <laughs> I hope we get a chance to talk again in the future. Uh, because I think there's uh, a like, Likewise. There's a lot said, but more to say. But can I, can I just yeah. wish you all the best for now anyway? Thank you very much indeed. I appreciate that. And wish you the very best of luck on the rest of the journey. Um, just before Thank I let you. you go, you mentioned that you could turn your music up as loud as you wanted. When you turn the music Absolutely. up, what, 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 are you, what are you listening to? At the moment, I'm listening to kind of solemn. Well, not solemn. I, I love Celine Dion. I love <laughs> Dionne Warwick. I love women. Powerful female voices. That's what I really love. So if I was to play one or the other for you, which would you like? Which song would I like? Yeah. Um, a song by Celine Dion called... Uh, oh, God, of course I can't think of it now. Call the Man. Call the Man. Let's play it for you, Call Jer. the Man. Let's play it for thank you. Thank you very much indeed. All the best. God bless for now. Thank you. God, and you too, Lane. And thank you for, for your time and for the clarity of your questions. It was my, it was my pleasure, I can tell you. I'm honoured. Thank you.
was then uh, this morning. Um, lovely man. Never got an opportunity to chat with him again, as we had been thinking that we might, because he didn't get much time left after our conversation. And Father Joe Galvin, who was indeed called by the man yesterday. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. I want to come back to um, uh, Instagram uh, in a few minutes' time because earlier in the week I was telling you that I knew what the sound was um, and we were chatting about it on the air. I said it was uh, a metal whisk being tapped off the side of a metal saucepan. They were listening in breakfast. Foley was actually listening um, or got word of it later on. So he took a recording of what I was saying on this program and he mixed it into a funny bit that he did on breakfast the next morning where I actually get an opportunity to have a guess at the Instagram. So I want to play that for you because I think it's quite funny. It's, it's very clever and uh, it's just a bit of a laugh. Actually, talking about nice things, uh, I hope this email finds you well. I hope you can help me. My son Niall and his friend, is he Niall or Neil? <laughs> My son Niall and his friend went to Lidl and Balancholic Saturday morning to get some pizza for lunch and, of course, uh, to treat themselves. I had topped up his Revolut Junior card prior to going. Unfortunately, I had forgotten that it needs activating prior to using the card. But anyway, it was the first time you would use the card, you see, so you have to activate it by using machine. Uh, tapping won't work, right? So it didn't work when they were trying to tap for the pizza. It was mortifying. The bill came to €8.40, I believe. Uh, a very kind woman stepped in and paid it for them. It was about 10 to midday uh, Saturday morning. I'd really like to find this woman, pay her back, and of course, get her something as a huge thank you. I really appreciate her doing this, says Liam O'Leary. Don't know if uh, you know who that was. Perhaps it was you. 10 to midday, Saturday morning at Lidl. You paid for the pizza uh, of a couple of young lads. Um, fairness. Um, it was a wonderful thing to do. I'm hearing more of that these days, actually. People stepping in. Um, um, sorry, I, 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 I have other ones here which I'll come back to in a few minutes' time. Uh, people, Somebody else paid for somebody's coffees and things like that. It seemed coming all the time. Maybe it's as a consequence of what we've been through in the last 20 months that people are being kinder and kinder and kinder. Anyway, thank you for that. If it was you, get in touch with me because Liam would like to say thanks. Text 0868-104-106. Sorry, did I say Instagram? Sorry, it's the secret sound. My apologies. There are lots of different cash competitions going on breakfast. So it's actually uh, the secret sound. This is it, right? So I figured on the air that I knew what it was. They were listening, and the secret sound goes up um, by different amounts of money every single day. So have a listen to this. No, I'm telling you, it's a, it's a metal whisk being tapped off the side of a metal saucepan. It's one last week or... Oh, yeah, it's eight and a half grand one, so it's small money. Well, I think I'll wait a few weeks. <laughs> and then I come up with the vice. Ray! <laughs> That's what it is anyway, lads. So if I can't get through in the morning, somebody else should. And good luck with it. Look at him trying to clean us out in the secret sound. Ridiculous. Yeah, and he's confident, isn't he? Oh, he's so cocky, that lad. Oh, yeah, he's so cocky. <laughs> Will we give him a go, actually? Will we give him a go? Yeah, go on. I'll, go use, on, go I'll on. give him a go, then, on his uh, guess for the way. Come on, let me get the, the secret sound music out. This is your 745 secret sound on Cork's Red FM. All right, let's do this thing. Cork 745 secret sound, if you think you know what this is. The number is 1850-104-106. And we've 800 euro on the line. That's 1850-104-106. Let's go to the phones. Corks, Red FM, hello. Ray! Ah, yes. Ray! Yeah, yes, sir. What can I do for you? I know what the secret sound is. Oh, interesting. Go on. Just there this second. I know what it is. Well, Mr. Smarty Pants, it's worth 800 euro. Tell us what it is. I'll give you the cash. It's a metal whisk being tapped off the side of a saucepan. Oh, I got you. So, like, you're doing, um, you're doing your scrambled eggs or uh, uh, a meringue <laughs> and you're doing your whisking <laughs> and then you kind of tap the, 
the whisk, the metal whisk on the side of the saucepan. Is that what it is? That's what it is anyway, lads. Well, let's see. For 800 euro, is the, the metal whisk on the side of a saucepan? <coughs> no, it's not, I'm afraid. <laughs> Worth a try, though. Good guess. Solid guess. Uh, try again tomorrow, right? I think I'll wait a few weeks. Uh, yeah, sure. 800 euro. That's only small fry. That's only small pocket change to you, Neil. Uh, give it another few weeks. So it's big money. Uh, go on. And then I come up with the vice. A man of a million voices. I'd say Mario Rosenstock is quaking his boots this morning. Go on, have a good show. Neil's on after nine. Say my name again. Ray! <laughs> what a talented guy. Well done, Ray Foley in the morning. That's the secret sound, lads, and it goes up um, every single day that it's not guessed. Check it out for yourself. It's probably worth you know, maybe 1,800 euro at this stage. <laughs> Anyway, for all of the business, text 0868104106. I'm still convinced I'm right, actually. I think it is it, and he just wouldn't give me the money. Metal whisk off the size of a saucepan. Okay, so um, from the not-so-serious to uh, the serious, or at, at least life stories, which is what this program is about. Caroline, good morning. Hi. Many, many conversations over the past couple of days, budget-related, and we had a fairly heated day yesterday, and a lot of people were critical of um, uh, any kind of budget-related payments to anybody on social welfare. Some are suggesting they're going to give up their job, they're going to go on the dole, they'll get everything for nothing. Is that what prompted your call? Um, yes, that and the fact that a person said you would get citizenship before you get a passport, which is absolutely ridiculous. Now, did you hear earlier on that uh, we did the research into that and you wouldn't get citizenship faster than an Irish person can get a passport? It can t- You yeah. have to live here for five of the previous nine years and it can take between 12 and 18 months if you get it at all. Okay. You see, but people don't even understand the process of that five years. You see, when you come here, um, like obviously the first um, time, like I wasn't allowed to work, but I still had to pay to live here. Okay. Where did you because. come from, Caroline? I'm from South Africa. Some South Africa. Okay. Okay. Yes. And okay. okay so go ahead. You, you have to pay, um, depending on what stamp you're on, you have to pay to live here. Now, I am currently on a stamp four where I, I'm entitled to work and live here, but every second year I have to pay 300 euros. Okay. Just to be here, and okay. where I have to take days off to actually go and sit in a queue for hours to actually get my residency card again. So, secondly, I am working, so I am paying my taxes, so I get where everybody is coming from. But what makes me even more mad, um, in general, apart from the social welfare stuff, is that our salaries are not keeping up with inflation. I mean, petrol, heating, everything is going up, but your salary seems to be staying on par. That yeah. is the biggest problem here. So if people and inflation, inflation deserve, impacts everything in your life. You mentioned petrol yeah. and home eating oil, but the food on the table, of course, anything that you buy, clothing, footwear, everything is inflated because inflation drives up prices. You see, if, if it was worth people's time actually going to work and feeling actually rewarded for going to work, where you actually have some money at the end of the month and say, look, you know, I can treat myself to a nice meal out, then it would be worth it. And then we actually wouldn't care about social welfare and those things because, you know, look, I'm at my own and here I go. But you see, I am in the, in the situation where I'm a single mom. I've lived here for 12 years and this is the first time I actually have enough money saved to actually apply for citizenship because it ain't cheap and it ain't easy. How much is you it? See, um, well, first of all, the application is 175, then it's 950 when you get it, then it's 80 for the passport. But to acquire all the documents that I needed, I had to DHL 
numerous things back to South Africa and forth. Um, fingerprints to prove that I don't have a criminal record there is birth certificates that you have to get unabridged. It's it all in all cost me about two thousand euros so far. Probably would have been a better thing to check and see if you had a criminal record before you ever came to the country, wouldn't it? Rather than now. Yes, you know, you you don't, you don't, you know that I'm, I know I know you don't. I know I'm not saying you, but yeah. on the basis of not checking that from day one, um anybody could be coming yeah. into the country, you know? True. But you see, the thing is, like, um, I get that people say, oh, asylum seekers get everything for free. I understand that. I sit with them every second year and I see them not paying for a residency card. They get housing and all those things for free. It makes me sometimes want to shoot a tantrum, you know. But the thing is, uh, um, the, the good thing about being part uh, of the wait, wait a second, wait a second now. You know, like yeah. a lot of people who come here looking for asylum and refugee status uh, are fleeing all sorts of per- persecution and oppression. True. Um, some True. of the women that are coming here looking for asylum and refugee status may have been raped, may have been raped multiple yeah. times, may have been threatened in their own country with genital mutilation. Mutilation, um, yeah, that's uh, th- These are some of the reasons. Now, we do need to have a process to find out who is entitled and telling Actually, the truth and not. But for those mm-hmm. that get to stay... They're welcome here, surely be to God. True, what, yeah. Right? But you see, the thing is, that what people don't understand is Ireland is part of the EU. And as being part of the EU, we have agreed to take in a certain amount of asylum seekers. Yeah. You yeah. see, so you can't just have the benefits without the other things. So people should just leave that subject alone. I get what they're saying about the main... No, you, no it's you said that they get everything for nothing and they get houses and all sorts of things. No, yeah, no, because that, that is what people think. That is what people actually do think. You see, and the thing is, I know that they don't pay for their residency cards because I sat there and I also felt like, you know, like, why, if I'm working here, do I have to pay? I don't have a problem that they don't pay. I actually had a problem that, why should I pay as well? You know, I just kind of felt like, you know, one rule should actually go for all if you're actually here contributing or if you're here because of circumstance. I mean, I would I would close down every single asylum refugee centre. I would allow everybody to walk out the door. I would give them s- s- some money, to start off yeah. in life and help them with rent and try try it all possible to try and find somewhere for them to live. But there are so many other people trying to find somewhere to live. I don't know how you would resolve that. But I would yeah. I would allow everybody to stay and work and have families yeah. and get on with their lives. Yeah. You see, I'm in a, in, a, in a position where I'm actually allowed to work. So that's good because I actually prefer to work because it's good for my mental health more than anything. It's more rewarding because I'm not a person that can stay at home. But asylum seekers are not allowed to work. They're not allowed. They to are work. allowed. They are. Allowed. No, they are. They are. They are. They How are. How is that? Because yeah. they would be um, what we would call on the stamp one. No, they are. Because uh, a lot of them are working in a uh, lot work in transport, a lot work as couriers, a lot work as tour, um, uh, taxi drivers. Others work as um, uh, cleaning staff in hotels. Uh, mm. They are working. All right, and and, and why not? That. Would you like to be yeah. a 19 no. euro a week looking at four walls 24-7? No. You see, that, that, that's why I actually have, you know, I have actually, like, I actually feel sorry for them in so many ways. It's just that I actually thought that they weren't allowed to work. And, you know, and that's why they actually got the, the helping hand, you know, getting those places because, like, it would be awful to be in a country because you go from one thing to a prison, basically, then. You know, you go from a war zone and then you go into a place where you're not allowed to work. Oh, yeah. Children, children have no. been born there. They've gone through primary yeah. school there. Um, I spoke some time back with somebody, a lad who was born there, went through primary school and was in secondary school, still in the system. Mm-hmm. It's all wrong. It's just wrong. Yeah. It's just wrong. It's anyway, with regards to citizenship, it's hard, mm-hmm. it's lengthy, and it can take up to 12 years. 
Well, uh, well, that's the thing. Like, it took me 12 years to actually have... Because, you know, like, nobody has just 2,000 euros lying around and say, look, I'm going to do that now. You know, like, I didn't have that. I, I mean, I paid for childcare through... I mean, I have no family here. Nobody. It's just me and my daughter. Me and her father separated five years ago. So the thing is, if you have um, the advantage of actually having, you know, and it's a privilege having your parents actually helping you out with your kids... I don't have that. So most of my money always goes to childcare, childcare, okay. childcare. And was your re- what thing. was your reason for coming here? Because I, uh, about your, God, I can't even remember how. Was it last January, 12 months I was in South Africa? It was the most beautiful country. Was it because it's divisive or was it for political reasons? You see, the thing is, um, I had a very good job. I worked in a bank and I had my own office and everything. But um, there is... My car was broken into. I was hijacked. There was an armed robbery and stuff. And I just said, look, you cannot put a price... On safety, and and that was my main reason. I love oh, it yeah. and I miss it every single day, every single day. It's so beautiful <laughs> that it's terribly sad, isn't it? Yeah, the that is the thing. And you see, I, I was a victim of crime not once, not twice, where it actually came to a point where my hair was falling out from stress. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so it's just like, and and I mean, coming from that to here, it was a big culture shock for me because, I mean, people here are friendly and it's lovely and it's everything, and the streets are clean. It is, and that's why I said earlier as well, like, you know, being an Irish citizen is, is not a right, it's a privilege. Because um, for us, for well, for me, this place is heaven. I know a lot of people from here say, look, I'm going to go to Australia, I'm going to go and work there. If that is your form of a better place to work and live, fair enough, best of luck to you. But don't be knocking the people down who actually come here to try and make a better life for themselves, because for us, this is the better place. Well said. Mind yourself. Take care, Caroline. And have you got the citizenship? Is it pending now? No, I actually sent it off last week. So you send your passport and everything with it. So I know for the next, I don't know, 18 months, I can't go nowhere. <laughs> you see, that is the risk you take. So come with me. I won't be going nowhere for the next 18 months. I'll be waiting for my own passport. Well, to listen, back. regardless of how long it takes, best of luck yeah, with it, all right? It'll be well worth it. It'll be worth Thanks it. Thanks a million for Cheers. having Bye-bye. me. Enjoy your take day. Take care. You too, Bye. Caroline. Take care. And I'd open at 1850-104-106. Text 0868-104-106. Rebecca, good morning. Morning. What am I looking at here? Is this um CCTV camera of your back garden? Yeah. Okay. And uh, there's a dog in the back garden, right? There uh, is, yeah. And it's nice? It is, yeah. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's this flashing l- rocket. Explosion-like thing. And what's in the middle of the garden? That's the swimming pool. So the f- swimming pool then catches fire and the dog is gone ballistic around the place yeah it's actually a firework that was thrown into the back and now it's blazing away in the corner of the garden near what must be a window is it that's I have um, sliding doors in my the back of my house and it's just just like next to the sliding doors yeah I'm just looking at it again for the second time it just misses the dog it was intentionally sent for the dog, not for my house or not for me. So you think that they got up on the wall and fired it at him? Um, no, there's a mountain of dirt behind that wall and they can just stand on it. There's two flashes, actually. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And was your child near? 
And um, myself, uh, I've three kids. Um, there was two upstairs, but myself and my ten-year-old were in the sitting room watching telly, and she leapt off the couch with a scream and a fright. Was there an explosion? It bangs, does it? Oh, there was. Yeah, um, my blinds were closed, and my whole sitting room still lit up. I. Um, I can understand by what. On my feet, and opened the door. As I opened the door, then all the smoke kind of came towards me. I heard somebody saying, um, is your dog all right? Is your dog dead? I'm oh. devastated. The fact oh. that it was the dog. Devastated. But the dog's fine. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. You said that you're oh, fed up. Know. What? How oh, I don't know. It's a miracle. Oh, another foot or two and the dog would have been yeah. t- torched. Yeah. And why do you say you're fed up and tired of something happening every day? This isn't an isolated incident, no? In no, it's not. It's, no, it's a wild, like, it's where I'm living. It's a wide open situation at the back. There's a building site at the back of me. There's kids in and out of there constantly, day and night. They're in and out of the houses. They're up and down the steps. You know, kids will be kids. I understand that. I know. Should that, that, that can't let them off the hook for doing that, just being kids. Don't. I don't think like what was done last night was a kid situation. Don't. I was born in Wirt in Nakahini and it's the worst thing I've ever in my life been. Nah, I mean, I that's awful. Dog, like, I mean, that's on another level of life. That's also. awful. It caught fire. It could have burnt the house down. Oh, it could have killed that's your dog, yeah. Like the fact that if I was in bed or if I was in the kitchen and then he didn't know it, like, you know, it could have been the outcome, could have been a lot worse for me. Yeah, you're fit and healthy, but if you weren't or had a weak heart or anything, who knows what could have happened? That's just like, you know, I mean, if I was an elderly person, I don't know what, how it would have went down. And is there much of that kind of carry-on going on? That's my, that, to be quite honest now, the places of it, like, you know, there are kids, as I said, there is people back and forth in and out of there, like, you know, but that's my first time ever seeing anything like that. No, I've heard fireworks going off in the last few days. I'm not against fireworks. Like, you know, they are, like, they do entertain kids and what have you. Yeah, but they're dangerous in the wrong hands. They are. They're very, very dangerous indeed. I've seen firsthand how dangerous they can be, not just last night. All right. Well, listen, look after yourself. Look after yourself. Not a great line, but thanks a lot. Cheers, Rebecca. Actually, you know, staying on antisocial behaviour. Earlier in the summer, I got a letter from the same person who sent me this letter. It might have even been in the spring. Certainly we were definitely in some form of lockdown when definitely there was no parties to go on and there was supposed to be no uh, marquees and what have you. And um, we checked with the guards at the time and the guards had no record at all of what this person was telling me by letter. And then lo and behold, I got another letter from the same person again on Monday. So we went back and checked with the guards again just to see is it accurate and truthful. So here's the second letter. I'm writing in to your good self about the disgraceful scenes in Kilbarry Place in Farnry on Friday the 8th of October. All this happened on the Poppins Road end of the terrace because there are two families living at this end and another particularly two families in the middle, which means four families, two in the middle and two in the end. And they put up these marquee tents and they were drinking, started drinking at midday that morning. Uh, This was the worst yet. They left none of the people who live in the terrace through. They blocked off that end of the terrace and everyone was made to reverse their cars all the way down the terrace. They had music blasting, bottles, cans thrown all over the terrace, shouting and roaring. They had all of the footpaths and the shop blocked with their illegal parking. Most of them were drunk, abusing people, passing. Where does the money come from? 
The guards were being called all of the time, and up to the time I wrote this letter, they never attended, which in itself is disgraceful. Who's running the country? These were the most disgraceful scenes ever. Uh, drunk, abusive, telling people in cars to F you say care off and uh, drive back. The person supplying the marquees should have those marquees taken off them because it's the same people every time. Cars, vans. Incidentally, the cars and vans have no tax nor insurance. I've never witnessed anything like this in my life. Uh, their cars and vans and houses should be taken from them. It's the only way to stop these shameless acts. So suggesting that they're actually car corporation houses at the same time. So that's a, a letter that I got on Monday. But I also got a very similar letter from the same person, um, maybe, I don't know, five, six months ago. So we checked again with Garda Press and they said this time they did receive reports of disturbances at Kilbury Place uh, at uh, 9.30 p.m. on October the 8th. Gardi engaged with those present who were outside and they agreed to return to their properties following Garda engagement. Gardi and community policing units are continually continuing to actively engage with residents in the area. And that's from Garda Press. What's evident from that is all of the Garda engagement and all of the community policing visits and advice isn't having a blind uh, bit of difference with regards to the carry-on up there. Some people just can't just can't behave, really. I suppose the end of the day. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. Back to the phone lines. We go, Norma, thanks for holding. Appreciate it. You've yeah. been waiting a while. You heard Craig on the air a couple of weeks back with regards to his tumble dryer nearly burning down the house. That's correct. Fire brigades and all called. Awful smoke damage done. Something similar yeah. happened to you yesterday morning, was it? Yesterday morning, I just put a single sheet into the tumble dryer and um, I was in my kitchen listening to yourself yeah. and uh, my tumble dryer is in the utility room and I kind of got a scorchy, burny smell and I had nothing on in the kitchen. I walked into the utility room and I the only thing was on was the tumble dryer. I opened the door and a load of black smoke came out. Oh, I unplugged yeah. it immediately. Open the back door and the window, and I can still get the smell of the burning. Now, why he was ringing up to find out the who was that was catching on fire? He didn't know the name of the tumble dryer. I asked him at the time. He didn't know. But the girl just told me Hoover there. Was it? Oh, we found out yeah. subsequently it was Hoover. Was it? And is yours yeah, Hoover? Right. No, mine is Indeset. Indeset. Is it old? Yeah. Uh, it would be a couple of years old, but I mean, um, uh, there's no big family here, so it wouldn't be used constantly. Right, and yeah. every time after I use it, I clean out all the fluff and I make sure there's nothing in them, you know, where the water goes. Isn't that extraordinary that you actually do clean out the lint and the fluff and everything? And, and Every single time I clean it out. And you didn't overload it? No, there was only one sheet in it. Isn't it, isn't it lucky it wasn't on in the middle of the night or you went out shopping? Do you know, I was just saying to the girl that was on there before yourself, I said, normally there, I go out with my daughter and we take the dog for a walk or I might go down to the shop for a bottle of milk or something. And I was just saying, people don't ever leave anything on at night like that. Because if I went down to the shop now, I went out for a walk, I tell you, There'd be a different story this morning, God forbid, I wouldn't have a house. 
Well, if you'd gone to bed, uh, the carbon monoxide would have got you. Oh my God, Neil, I, I, you know, I'm shaking thinking about it. I'm just hearing these stories way too often these days, tumble dryers going on fire. Some people were saying that a lot of the time they're built into these units that are way too tight and the air won't circulate around them. Uh, others are saying that people are overloading them. And then another one was that they're not cleaning the fluff and the lint. But you don't have any well, of those. Well, I always do that, Neil. And I tell you something else. My my one is freestanding and it is very easy to pull out. It's not clung up against the wall. It's not in a unit. And it, I never fill it up to the top because they don't dry properly. I know, I know. You're, it's a costly thing, just uh, tumble drying one sheet. No, the only thing why I was doing it because I... Um, was going to put on a wash and that was the last thing I had to take off the clothes house because I can't hang my washing out the yard anymore because I broke my hip and fractured my toe oh. and I can't walk out in case I get another fall. Oh, do you need any help with anything? No, I'm fine, thank you. It's oh. just I'm still scared over that yesterday. Oh, you don't want to fall again, I know. And also, listen, thank you for calling. But again, it reminds people, don't leave your tumble dry running when you're out of the house, don't run your tumble dryer overnight and clean out the fluff and the lint. Neil, there's one other thing there. Um, uh, I was on to one of your uh, work colleagues there. I have an electric scooter. Now, there was a lady who rang me up about it. He said, your work colleague says, uh, she may have lost my number, but I have it here and I, you know, and she's looking for somebody to have it. But... Do you know, I have, she hasn't got back to me and it's in my sitting room, I want to get it out. You have an electric scooter that you don't want to use or don't want anymore, is it? No, after I have it, after I broke my hip and fractured my toy, uh, a relation of mine bought it for me, but I thank God after the yeah. learning how to walk again, I never had to use it. Right. But I just wanted out the house. You know, the ones you sit on and there's a little basket. And, and do you want? And what do you want me to do with it? You want it to give, give it back to whoever gave it to you or do you want to give it to somebody no, who no, needs no. it? No, no, no. I want to give it to somebody who needs it. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. All right. Okay. I put you back to Brenda and we can sort that out and see if we can get that one sorted for you. Just very quickly, though, you might be interested, Norma, because hang on there. Here's Yvonne. Yvonne, good morning. Morning. How are you, Neil? I'm good, thank you. Do you have an Indeset dryer? I had, well, I had one last Friday. I was here at home on Friday and I decided just to throw on a few sheets into the dryer and was inside my kitchen. No, the utility was just off the kitchen. So myself, my daughter, my friend were sitting down and I was at the island and next thing I smelled smoke. I kind of looked, I thought my daughter was after putting on the to- toaster with that kind of a smell, really burny smell, of like toast smell. Yeah. So when I heard the dryer... And I said, oh, I better have a look. The door was kind of open slightly and the smoke was coming out the door. So when I went into the utility room, the smoke was, was so bad in the air that I, my my first reaction was she to turn the power off in the house. Well, you're, you, 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 you end up wondering, do I run out of the house, get the children out of the house? What do I, I do now? I have, I have, a new, I have a newborn baby as well. So I kind of, literally, my, my first reaction was cut the power in the house straight away just in case anything would blow. That was my first reaction. But I literally then, I had every, the power was off. I pulled out the dryer. The smell, even the smell when I opened the door of the dryer, the burn, it was just... Well, you're lucky you didn't get burned. I'm lucky, but I look, I, my first reaction was to turn off the power in the house. That was okay. my first reaction. Okay, just smoke everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But it's only 15 months old, the dryer. Isn't that bizarre? 
15 now, months old. I time. have no cover with it because this is the thing I have learned that if you do buy appliances, you have to uh, register them online. And yeah. that's one thing I didn't do was register it online. And is there any um, chance that it's built in way too tight that you can't get the air to circulate around it and it's overheating? You don't know anything about that? No, I don't think so. in my utility room I do have um, it's all I suppose I do have a worktop over it and everything like that but there is there is a lot of room for it it's not I wonder should all tumble drives be freestanding with nothing around them just the air Yeah, maybe maybe I being quite honest I was very lucky that you were in the house to be honest because if you weren't one thing I do I don't leave the dryer I've learned not to leave the dryer on even in bed at night I wouldn't leave it on or if I'm going out Oh no, I would never do that. Done. I used to do that last thing at night, yeah. bang, but never again. Oh, for, any, for anyone out there, if anyone is buying appliances, I would register them. So you are covered because I would have been covered if I did register at the time when I purchased it. But oh, it's, that's a write-off, but at least you're okay. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. We obviously get a fright from it. But, how, how, um, and you say it was 15 months old, same brand as Norma's. Norma's the same brand as yours. I know, but my mine was older than the fifteen months old, so you know. Yeah. yeah and no. you had to max to turn off the power where my power is I wouldn't be able to reach it. I know, you were very lucky. Both of you were very lucky. All right, yeah. listen, thank you both. Appreciate it. Be very, very careful. At the same time then I have a tumble dryer in, in Port McGee. It's very simple, straightforward. It's got a start button, it has a stop button, it has one dial on it. And the dial is just for time. You know, I think you can't even control, maybe you can control the heat, I don't know, but it's just got a timer up to two hours. You just push the button and it's the, it has no extra bits and pieces. It doesn't have any ICU board on it. It's got no computerized parts on it. It's just, and, and it's, it's got to be, it's got to be 17 or 18 years old. It just has to be 17 or 18 years old. But it's freestanding. It's not built into anything. It just rattles around, boop, 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 rattles around on the, on the landing. But anyway, I started this morning with uh, um, uh, armed attacks, knife attacks, uh, hold-ups on taxi drivers. And I told you that we've three reported now in less than a week. I believe there's been a fourth. Bobby Lynch is back again. Bobby, good morning. Well, I'm back again. By the, I just got a call now. Uh, another taxi driver there. A good friend of mine, actually. He just robbed in Shandon Street. Um, <sighs> and uh, he's... He kind of fought your man off, but your man put his hand into a bag and grabbed a five or something like that. But I don't know, was there a knife or what? But, uh, was your man in the back of the taxi? I don't know. He no, he, he tried to, he stopped Paddy and Paddy wouldn't let him in. He'd kick in the wind and stuff like that. And uh, another taxi driver saw it and followed him and then lost him. And then he saw him going into uh, Star Cabs. And when he rang staff, he got into another taxi going to Nostalini. So they could be, they could be a fifth fella if he's robbed on the way up there. Do you, do, you know, do you have a description? Was he a character like that? I haven't, no, I haven't, but uh, I, I, I get that. Yes, but I know when uh, we meet up with the chap who was robbed, you know. He robbed him through the window then or something, was it, Bobby? Through the window, so I know, through the window he robbed him. You see, some people are going to desperate lengths to get money, and sometimes it's for heroin. Well, it's a bit more my deal is, but this fellow will have to be called. There's plenty of cameras around. People are going around there with hoodies and masks on them, so no one knows what they're doing. And no one knows the reasons behind why they're doing it either, you know. I'm not necessarily saying that everybody who's unfortunately a heroin addict is robbing taxis. I'm not saying that for a moment. But this, this is another elderly driver. Another elderly driver, well known in Cork, a good, good, good character, well known. I, I, I won't tell you his name. That's all right. That's all right. He's, he's, 
Okay, that's very sad to hear. That's four now. Um, and you think potentially a fifth. Sorry, I think Bobby put me on hold. That sometimes happens when you get the phone up to your ear. Anyway, that's that's a worry. That's how we started this morning. Listen, I'm out of time. And my sincerest apologies to everybody who got in touch with regards to our budget coverage yesterday. I mean, I've never seen so many texts on it. I know I often say that, but I'm, I really am genuine when I say it. So I will get through as much of that and lots more besides as I can in the morning. Happy birthday to Brendan Mangan, who is 71 today from his true love. That's a lovely description. His true love, Bernice. Lines will stay open. 1-850-104-106. You can text 0868-104-106. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.